This program is a collaboration of personal opinions and individual free thought. It does not represent the views or narrative of the mainstream corporate media hacks. Viewer discretion is advised. And here we go. Live from the Bell Tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell Podcast. It is that time of week again. Time for the live edition of the Break the Bell Podcast. The show where we stretch your squishy little brains out and make you think a little bit maybe. Yes, hello, beautiful bell breakers. Let us squish your brains. Yeah, we like to. Is it? Are we squishing or stretching or a mixture of both? I think a little bit of both. It's kind of yeah. like uh, yeah. like kneading dough. It is. Yes. Which yes. I I feel like people that actually spend the time to listen to our show don't <laughs> aren't really ones that have just like mush brains. No. Or they wouldn't be here. They they couldn't. Their brains would be on the back wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Like like JFK on the back of the car. So, uh, but we do we do like. Our listeners, because they are able to actually like listen to our content yes. without like having a brain aneurysm. Yes. Without like their brains blowing up, yes. leaking out they, their they ears. They can take the derails and still get to the end product. <laughs> yeah, they they, they can uh, take the information that we give them, decipher for themselves. Hopefully, hopefully, what's good and what's not good. Um, I'm not like we always say we don't have the answers at all. We're not like. We should not be your source of information. If we yes. are, that's that's not the direction we're going for. No. Uh, we do like to point people in the direction of mostly just the things that we are thinking about right now. It's like, huh, let's think about this and let's yeah. talk about this and look over, yeah. look at this for a second. Yeah. But we're never like some of those like podcast hosts or news personalities that are like, what I'm saying is the truth and right. you got to listen to it. I mean, yes, you should listen to it, but <laughs> but I, I feel like we do a good job like pointing people to resources and stuff, too. I, I, I think so, yeah. So that's what we're going to do once again tonight here every 7, every 7, every, every seven. Monday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, we are here. So um, if you don't know, that's where we are. Uh, and we're currently back on YouTube. For yes. the time being. Currently. Currently. So uh, I don't know how long that's going to last. Yeah. I'm not holding my breath on no. it because by the end of the show we'll probably be gone um <laughs> by the end of if we're not then by the end of the week i don't know uh we're on borrow time we're yeah. like we're like michael jackson in the last like 12 years of his life we're on freaking bar- <laughs> borrow time so um it was no surprise really when michael jackson died no. as sad as it was and yes. it, it is no surprise when we get kicked off yeah youtube platforms <laughs> that was that was kind of morbid and wrong <laughs> You took the long way to get there, but yes, we we all know where we're coming from. <laughs> How you doing, Bill? I'm good, man. I it has been insane for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard you bought a house. I bought a house. Yes. So yes, buying and selling a house 
Um, do you recommend? It's like thumbs up, thumbs down the process of buying a house. Oh, big thumbs down, dude. <laughs> would it recommend sucks. to friends and family. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I would say um, um, pitch a tent somewhere. <laughs> Honestly, I, I keep telling my wife, I'd rather have a property yeah. than a house. I'd yeah. rather have property with like a bullshit trailer or right. like a... Like a Ted Kaczynski cabin. I, I think if you're you're buying for the first time, it's okay because when we fought our, bought our first house, that was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. But selling a house and trying to get it up lined up with buying a house, yeah, that whole timing between the two, exactly, and just the craziness of the market. And well, so, you're either in a seller's market or a buyer's market, right. and when you're in the process of both, it kind of sucks. It so, does. It does. Yes. And you were like at the tail end of the the insane selling yes. market, and then. Throughout the process, it was started because they raised rates. Yeah, and so I'm guessing that kind things, of things are starting to, cool to level out yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, so that and then and then my father-in-law is not doing well. We're not mm-hmm. expecting him to uh, make it much longer. That's not good. And my my wife is busiest time of the year. She's on the verge of a panic attack, and all that is preferable to dealing with my preteen daughter who suddenly decides she has nothing to wear. Oh, God. <laughs> Is that what you dealt with before you yes. came? Yes. Yeah, Somehow, well, how did you manage to be on time then? I know. Well, well. Because you're just like, fuck yes. it, I'm out. <laughs> I know. I'm gone. Well, I took the day off from work because I <laughs> knew I was going to have to deal with that. No. <laughs> because my wife was dealing with a lot and I was trying to help her out. And so I dropped the kids off at the church and I got back early. So I waited. And I told her, I'm like, you're lucky I took the day off and you're dealing with me because if it was your mom, you'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be... Uh, preparing a funeral for you while yes. we're in the process of buying a house and you don't want that stress on exactly. us. Exactly. <laughs> so I dropped the kids off early, made it to town, had a blizzard, went through the news headlines so I would be prepared for tonight and was able to get here with plenty of time. Oh, you actually prepared for this yet? I know. I didn't know we were supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's either you or me. So oh, Okay, I'm, somebody's I'm, got figured, to. Got, I had to give you a break this week. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Tonight, we're going to... Would you believe that we're already in an election year again? You know, it seems like we're always in an election year. It seems like 2020 shit yes. show. Well, it's obviously not over yet no, because we're no. still having the January 6th right. hearings. We're still questioning the election results yeah. of 2020. We still have um, court cases in some states yeah, right. revolving around the 2020 election. So yeah. that, that cycle never ended. Right. And now we're into the midterm elections. Yeah. I mean, some some states are already having their primaries, like oh, right yeah. now. Oh, I know. I know. Or this past month. Actually, I think... Did Iowa have an election? I think Iowa had a primary. Last last week, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And I think California did. And funny enough, um, everybody's taught, like a lot of of states are talking about like voter rights and mail-in votes and should we, shouldn't we? Well, California basically has 100% mail-in vote option. And they have like, you can solicit mail-in votes. They sent out, I think, 22 million mail-in ballots. So you're going to get some poor guy who's going to turn in like five ballots because he can't remember if he did it the first time. <laughs> well, because that's going to encourage more people to vote, oh, right? right? Absolutely, right? I think the end tally for the for the primaries, which obviously primaries is going to be low. Right. But it was like 20%. Yeah. It was like ridiculously okay. low. It's just like, wow, uh, that, that was an amazing like I, I missed the election last week because I mm, well, wasn't you? paying attention. Yeah, I, so. I, I heard about it <laughs> yeah. after the fact. It's like, oh, oh, that thing. Oh, that, that, that was last week. Okay. So we talked last week about the uh, January 6th uh, committee or Did, whatever. Was that talking about it? <laughs> we, we, we attempted to talk about the January 6th committee. And at some point we had talked about how this is just a distraction yeah. to deter our attention away from the fact that, you know, the 
economy's in the shitter. Right. Inflation's at an all-time yeah. high. Gas prices are at an all-time high. We can't yeah. afford jack right now. Right. I mean, you go to the grocery store for like dinner for like two days and you end up spending like $110. Yeah. I mean, my my wife will go to like three different places trying to get the best deals of different things. And you're like, you know how much gas you're spending? (laughs) I know, right? All the money you saved, (laughs) you spent in gas. What the fuck? Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about the midterms. I know it's still kind of early leading up to it, but... It's perfect time to do it. It it really is with the primaries being what they are now. And I feel like... The tactics are just going to become ridiculous. They so are, I feel yeah. like we got to get ahead in our predictions yeah. of how the tactics will Man, go. I, I am not ready to go to political commercials every like five minutes. <laughs> John Bonhouse <laughs> supported white supremacy <laughs> and the lynching of Jesse Smollett. <laughs> Do you want John Bonhouse as your representative? <laughs> no. no. Select or elect Jane Wilson. And she will make sure Jesse Smollett's of the world. Do not get lynched. It's all yeah. ridiculous. It's it all is. stupid. Yeah. And it's only going to get... Re- I think this year is going to be the most ridiculous of the midterms. Because for yeah. the most part, people don't focus on the midterms. Yeah. But again, we are at a crucial point of democracy. Right, right. Like, democracy is again. at stake. And this could be, again. once again, the election to yeah. end all elections. Yeah. So we have to pay attention to this one. Yeah. And you kind of can see where their tactics are going to go oh, in this. Yeah. Well, with the January 6th stuff and how yeah. they're they're demonizing yeah. all the Republicans, and then like all this talk about yeah. uh, democracy at stake. Yeah. I mean, we got to talk about it because they're talking about Absolutely. it. So we got to get ahead yeah. of them in their tactics. John Bonhouse said he didn't think January 6th was a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want him to run for office? <laughs> John Bonhouse isn't a big deal. <laughs> Do you know who is a, a big deal? <laughs> Jamie Wilson. Jamie Wilson. (laughs) Big deal for America. It's like like the most, like, ridiculous. Like, people that failed out of marketing school go on to be, like, political political (laughs) advertisers because, I mean, it's just, it's horrible. And you got to go back to, you got to watch Parks and Rec. You you just have to because they have, they make fun of, like, the political ads and stuff like that. Ah, I can't. I just watched it last night, but I can't even quote it now because I was like half asleep. But <laughs> go back and watch the Parks and Rec's uh, um, political ads because okay. <laughs> okay. it's all like shit talking on yeah. each other, and it's 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 hilarious. So before we get into the show where we talk shit about the midterms, we got to mention our our sponsor, which is Run Your Mouth Coffee. They support our right to talk shit about the midterms. They support our right to. Uh, um, bash on both sides of this because both sides are they're both dicks. I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah. Uh Run Your Mouth Coffee makes delicious fresh br- roasted coffee, ships straight to your door, and they support your right to free speech, your right to be able to come on a platform and say whatever the hell you want to, as long as you're not a complete asshole or a complete dick about it, without the fear of being censored, deplatformed, uh uh, cut off from society, lynched, thrown in gulags. I don't know. <laughs> they they don't support you you being thrown in a gulag Thank for God. for your speech for you saying you know maybe January sixth wasn't that big of a deal and we should not focus on that this election cycle. Right. That's enough. Some people would get want you thrown in a gulag. Not run your mouth coffee. Fortunately, go to rymcoffee.com. <laughs> tell them we sent you by using the promo code Break the Bell. And you'll get 10% off your purchase, plus free shipping. And who doesn't love that? 
uh, you'll get delicious coffee. You'll support a company that supports free speech. And what's what's better than that, really? Right. So yes. run your mouth coffee. Run your mouth coffee. Rymcoffee.com. The that coffee that doesn't want to throw you in a gulag. <laughs> <laughs> At least not yet. I yeah. don't know. I don't I don't think that they do. <laughs> Let's see, we got a comment. <laughs> Fact check this podcast. Hello, Justin says Whatever they sponsor our morning show as w- whatever they sponsor our morning show as well. Oh, that sucks. Uh, they, cl- <laughs> <laughs> they clearly aren't worried about being dicks. That's that's fair. I mean, they sponsor us and they sponsor Justin uh, to fact check this podcast. And they're ballsy. I, they're ballsy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to support somebody, I guess. <laughs> uh, Justin, how's it going? It's good to see you on here. Haven't. Senior, last week you said you were working, so you oh, couldn't join our okay. wonderful panel, and you missed out. You missed a fun panel. Uh, go back and listen to that episode where we had a <laughs> six-person panel to discuss the uh, the January sixth committee, and it went. It didn't just go off the rails; it blew up the rails on the way yeah, out. Yeah, there were no rails There's left no by rails the time left. we were done. <laughs> So uh, go back and watch that episode; it's fantastic. Uh, we're going to get into this episode where we discuss midterms even though we're all probably completely still burnt out on politics but yeah i mean it's here it it's is. here it's the way it's, of the world well I, I i could say it's not going anywhere but according to a lot of media outlets this could be it this could be the last one folks this could be the last <laughs> election so we might as well talk about it well it, it's like when you uh go to the last like ball game of your your favorite player i mean yeah. we we got to go to see his like retirement one right. i mean that's just like this is like the retirement of democracy in elections as we know it. Magoo said, Justin played it safe by not coming on the panel. And uh, Fact Check This says, it's, it's been a wild couple of weeks, stuck at work, glad to be back with you tonight. Thanks, Justin. Definitely. We're glad to have you back. Before we get into the show, make sure you check us out all over the social medias, all over the platforms that they tell you, that the kids tell you to, to be on. I, I, kids don't even tell you to be on Facebook anymore. They, that's they for old yeah. people. Yeah, is what my old kids, people are on Facebook. Yeah, it's that's true. what my kids tell me. But we're on Facebook, yes. so we're I old. mean, that just kind of yeah. proves the, the point <laughs> that it's for old people. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. We are on TikTok. I have not posted anything to it in a while. But if you're on TikTok, hit us up, and we'll start posting more stuff on there. Um, our handle everywhere, for the most part, is at Break the Bell Pod. Join the conversations, because we like mass participation Absolutely. in this, <laughs> this bullshit that we call a podcast. So we will probably make fun of you in the process, too. Are you ready to get into the show? Let's do it. Let's get into this intro video, and when we come back, we are going to talk about the midterm, the election to end all elections again. <laughs> I think that's what I titled it. <laughs> the mother of all elections. Once again. <laughs> again. All right, here we go. What did you say? You talking to me? What, what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? 
Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? All right, we are back, and I clicked on something that I didn't mean to. But it says good evening, so it's very polite, whatever oh, it is. that is nice. So, midterms. Yes. Just around the corner, unfortunately. Yes. Unfortunately, we're back in the election cycle. And obviously, once again, this will be the election that ends all elections. Of course. Of course. Because the last one was, yet yeah, here we are again. Yes. With another election to end all elections. And once we get through that one, we're going to have to worry about 2024, which inevitably will be the election to end all elections. So, Would you compare this to, say, like uh, the Clinton election? Uh, what was it? The midterms? What was it? 96? You where see, I was a young buck okay. then. I was like 11. I didn't pay attention to them okay. back then. I well, don't know. Talk about it, though. Well, but Well, he had this Democrat House and Senate, right? Things were not going well. Um, all of a sudden, Republicans came in. And uh, cut the budget cuts, uh, cut taxes and stuff, and the economy shot up. And that is at least what I think is the reason why Clinton got reelected to a second election is because the economy well, shot up after that. Well, yeah, I've had um, articles that have that talk about exactly this that I'll get more into though. But it talks about how it's actually better because um, when you switch hands like that then well first of all either things go up or things go down and when things go up it looks good and then that president can be like look things are good and reelect me right. or if things go bad he can point and be like well, that's the republicans right. fault or the other side's fault what? um so it did do, do you having the opposite in there is yeah. actually kind of used to their benefit do you see like a strategic like 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 uh, surrendering like maybe the republicans are like you know what, let's lose this so he really takes the country, and then they'll really want us back for president in 2024. Well, I'm going to talk about kind of the Democrats' kind of shift in mentality kind of in that direction. I just said okay. kind of three times in that, did that, say, that yes. sentence. Kind of um, <laughs> like they, they realize, as inevitable, let's push it all on them so yeah. we can blame all these failures on them sure. for the next two years. And I'm going to talk about that more once we get into this, but... First, I want to talk about both sides. Yes. Because both sides, Our obviously, we got, we got Democrats, we got Republicans. Um, they're dichotomy, like most diverse dichotomy, polarized more than ever before, I oh, think, yeah, right sure. now. Right for now. Sure. And it only gets worse, and it's only going to get worse. But your opinion, yeah. what do you think either side has for a platform to run on? Well, I, you know, I... I think the Democrats are are grasping for anything they can, right? They're yes. well, if you if you if the Republicans get in, there goes abortion. You know, mm. there goes <laughs> biracial marriage. Biracial marriage. You know, there goes you know seg- uh, 
se- segregation's back in schools, you know. Jim Crow laws. Remember <laughs> exactly, freaking yes. Biden uh, said, "Oh yeah, um, the uh, like filibuster was basically yeah. if we don't appeal this, it's basically like bringing back Jim Crow." Oh yeah, yeah. You and know, it's just like like you yeah. said, grasping at everything they oh, could yeah. possibly and, think and, of. You know, there's gonna be more school shootings because you know they're gonna bring assault weapons back. Everybody's mm-hmm. gonna be having them because that's what they care about and. Also, you know, oh, yeah, do you really want this party that supports these traitors from January 6th back in the office? Right. I mean, that's their claim right. to fame. And, and so they're, this, those are the three things they're really going to be pushing the next couple months because that's what they feel like they, they can kind of get the American people to bounce back on, mm-hmm. right? Hit them in their gut, right? Whereas Republicans are like that like that one dude in the, in the real videos is, Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like yes. just look yes. at the economy look at the yes. gas prices look at the the food shortages the baby you know just look what's going on baby formula right? and they tried to cure baby formula crisis by bringing in baby formula from germany and from what i've heard the uh i just read an article last night that the baby formula shortage has actually gotten worse since they brought in all that formula yeah. like there's yeah. some states that's like 95 98 percent shortage that's insane. On baby formula. It's like yeah. what what are like all these quick fixes yeah. that they're like, "Oh yeah, we're going to we're going to save this, we're going to fix this." Yeah. Uh, I've implemented this policy and it just keeps yeah. getting worse. And, and, and so, it's like, "What the yeah. fuck's even happening?" Yeah, and so that's all the Republicans got to do is just be like, "Just look at the state of things, right? Do you want things to keep going this way?" So, I mean, it's it's interesting how both of them, you know, are kind of, you know, coming together like that. So, mm-hmm. Magoo says Republicans campaign pitch the Democrats ruined everything. <laughs> yeah. Democrats campaign pitch. We're not Republicans. That's the, the, yeah. exactly what this is, yeah. is going to turn into. First of all, Biden has been, at least for like the end of last year and then into his uh, uh, State of the Union, He was claim- his claim to fame was the world's fastest growing economy, yeah. like this through the roof. We've created, yeah. what, 8.6 million jobs, I think, was the last, last thing yeah. they said. I think... I think just a few days ago he was touting that same bullshit on yeah. Jimmy Kimmel, which who let Joe Biden go on Jimmy Kimmel in right? the first place? Yeah. They're they're hoping it's like that Bill Clinton playing the saxophone. Oh yeah, moment. right, right, yeah. It's like oh he's going to be young and hip it, on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Like instead, it, Biden just falls asleep and passes gas <laughs> yeah, or, or shits his pants. <laughs> right, but yeah, he he touted this eight point six million dollar jobs created, like the yeah. world's fastest economic recovery. Yeah, first of all. Side note, obviously unrelated, uh, by April, according to USA Today, the U.S. had only recovered 93% of the jobs that they lost during COVID. Hmm. So it's easy to say, hey, we shot through the roof with the yeah. economy or with, with job creations when there was no fucking jobs when you came right. in. Yeah, right. And yeah. there was like, like we shut down all the jobs. You came in and we're like, I'll just open the doors back up. Look, yeah. 8.6 million jobs created right. overnight because we opened the doors yeah, back right. up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. We should shut down again so we could do it over again. <laughs> Fact check this podcast says they still unironically believe the economy is good and that jobs are back today. Yeah, which is bullshit because if you look at our city pools, there's such a shortage of lifeguards. Yeah. They have to like play, you know three-card monte trying to figure out which pool they're going to open yeah this you week. still got like gas stations like offering thousands of yeah. dollars for incentive and they're paying to lifeguards 15 bucks an hour yeah it's, it's like that's, shit that's man. nuts yeah <laughs> it's like i should quit my job and go be a lifeguard right? it's ridiculous <laughs> so so biden saying greatest economy in the world even right. though there's some reports that say we're actually the fifth number 50 in like fastest growing economies in the world right now. Number 50. That's okay. not that's not pretty that's not <laughs> no. even close to the fastest <laughs> in the world. 
And uh, so then they also got, I guess my question is, can they still claim uh, COVID as a win in all of this? Because, you know, remember after he came in, he's like, oh, look at all the vaccine rates are up, COVID numbers down. Do you think they'll still, do you think they'll even dare go there and be like... (laughs) Oh, oh, we fixed yeah. fixed COVID. Or do you think they're even going to bring COVID up? I, I don't think this? they'll even bring it up. You think it's like that bastard child nobody yeah. wants to talk about? Yeah, I, I think so. It's like, yes. no, I don't want anything to do <laughs> yeah. with that. Because this is what I see. Um, the Democrats get up and they're like, look, we fixed COVID. And then all the fact checkers are yeah. going to come out, like the real ones that are like, well, look at these numbers and look at these. Uh, yeah. um, actually... Uh, cases are up right now in like New York or right. China's bouncing back or whatever or yeah look at all these uh facts that have actually come out that say you know mass mass did jack shit lockdowns right. didn't do much or yeah. um the vaccine has all these side effects like people yeah. I think I think it'll hurt them more than Absolutely. it helps them yeah like I think in 2020 it was good for them because right. we were right in the thralls of it yeah. and they're like. Well, COVID, I, we're going to fix it. And he came out during the, the his uh, State of the Union, and, and remember, that was his big thing, is they beat back COVID. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, all these things start popping up, and cases right. start going up again. And so, no, I think it's he's like going to stay It's like immediately afterwards. It's yeah. like, how did, you, uh, how did that even happen? Yeah. How did you say that we beat COVID? Um, let's see. What was the other thing? I don't know. For, for, for Democrats, I was Democrats. looking at still. Oh boy, I, uh, I guess, I guess there's the whole like like we were talking. They could push, well, well, not even get to the point where they 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 switch sides and blame it on the Republicans. But I guess their biggest push right now is um, pushing that if they lose the Senate, there's no way they can fulfill all these promises right. oh, because yeah. once if the House flips or the Senate flips, then. Uh, this Build Back Better agenda, which I surprisingly I haven't heard him utter the words "Build Back Better" no, in several months. Nobody wants to touch it. <laughs> no, that was that's like on the yeah. like way pushed aside now. He yeah. that was like every speech was like we're gonna build oh, yeah. and we're gonna build back better. Every everything was well, you know, we could fix this with my Build Back Better agenda right. and all this uh, all this shit. Well, you haven't even heard that yeah. leading into the and midterms. From here. what I heard, like candidates had been kind of like pushing away the whole build well, yeah. back better thing they didn't want it it was poison to them right? yeah it's I mean, kind of like candidates pushing away from trump because right. it's a poison pill yeah um uh, but i guess if they went on that plat if they were still were kind of pushing that mm-hmm. that agenda or pushing like the the promise to uh end student debt or right. all these promises yeah. all the bullshit promises that he made yeah um they could easily run on the platform again that you know if this flips side you're not going to get yeah this money you remember you remember i think it was in the town hall m- meeting when that like restaurant owner yeah. like raised his yeah. hands like what are you doing about my restaurant and then all of a sudden he flips sides it's like y'all got money you love money right we all got money yeah. and everybody's like woo and yeah. he, the the restaurant owner's like what yeah. <laughs> what is happening like well, what that didn't answer my and, question and at I don't, all I, you know i don't think they could even mention that because the reason we're in this inflation hell now is because of all that money they print it but but i don't think they either don't grasp this or they think we're so stupid i think they think we're so stupid that that we i yeah. i still think they will push you know uh more money, like I, I think they'll push the student debt. Hands, Probably. absolutely, I think yeah. they'll push. He's been the trying to debt. push that since. He got um, in. Yeah, I mean, they just passed something a couple of weeks ago oh. to cancel like one school 
It was like one school that was like a predatory loan school. Uh, there was like, I think like 80,000 or 40,000. It was like huge number of students that yeah. got affected by this and they were getting their debts canceled or something. I'm just like, this is just their, their yeah. step off point right. to canceling all student debt. Yeah. And so I think some of those promises he made in 2020, he, they will hold on to in the midterms and be like, yeah. look, look at this carrot right here. Do you, yeah. you guys wanted this. Well, we can't fulfill this. If you elect Republicans into office, to be honest, I'm surprised he's not doubling down on the Build Back Better. Yeah, just be you know being like, look, you know, see how how we're beholden to the the oil companies right now, and you know if we we do tax incentives for you know electric vehicles or solar panels or you know for you for your house, then you know it'll help you out in the long run. And mm-hmm. so I'm surprised he's not doubling down. Fact check this says how much good will Will does that ten thousand garner? What was the ten thousand? What we were talking about? I think it was the student loan forgiveness. Oh, okay, gotcha. I don't know. I don't know. There's some people out there that I'm sure are like, oh, ten thousand dollars, I can quit my job and live <laughs> right. for the next three years. I mean, there yeah. are people that quit their job over the stimulus. Yeah, checks. right, right. Yeah, quit their jobs. Uh, fact check this says because the ones who elected him on the promise of student loan forgiveness wanted all of it, not just ten thousand dollars. That is, I mean, that's a fair ten thousand of eighty thousand is yeah, not not a, a big chunk well, of change. Well, it, it's like how many times do they have to like lean on these promises that are made? Yeah, and get completely like heartbroken in the process. It's kind of like the the Cubs pre two thousand sixteen. Like, well, next year's our year. Next year's right. our you're like leaning on that promise. Like, one day yeah. this is going to happen. How long before those supporters are like, yeah. nah, I I don't believe you. Yeah. I'm not buying it at all. Uh, fact check. This also says that didn't even pay for a semester. Yeah, that no didn't shit. even pay, pay for the books for a year. I'm guessing yeah. in, in some cases. Um, So the reality of it all is obviously, like he touts this major economy. Yeah. Gas prices are at an all-time high. Hit $5 average. $5 average for the first time in the history of gasoline. Uh, The economy is at a 40-year, or inflation is at a 40-year high. It's like 7 point something percent. 40 years it's been since it's been this high. But, I mean, we can call the economy great, the best economy ever. Yeah. Like I don't understand how uh, you can tell people that are hurting so bad. Like when they every time they pump, fill yeah. up their tanks, every time they go to the grocery store, how can you turn around and try to tell them to their face? Right. You know the economy is booming right now. Yeah, exactly. Like, look at all these jobs we've yeah. created with the greatest economy yeah. uh, increase in the history of yeah. the world, <laughs> and people are just like, and you know people buy into. It, they're like, yeah. oh, oh, he he's. It's great. He's doing so much for the economy, but then they don't realize this is just burning holes in our pockets. You're paying four bucks for eggs, you know, eight bucks for bacon. Right. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, The other thing is we can't forget some of the things from last year. Like, yeah, yeah, we're just talking about 2022 specific. What about the failures of 2021, like the Afghanistan pullout, the failures of that? Nobody's even mentioning that because they want you to forget that. Absolutely. Um, What about the border crisis that nobody is really mentioning? It's still a mess. Just last month alone, 234,000 people tried to cross the border. Yeah. You're talking a million people in four months. Yeah. And nobody's talking about those. They're just... 
either denying it the way they have the mm-hmm. whole time or just ignoring it. Oh, yeah, because you got Harris going to the wrong part of the border. Being yeah. Like, oh, no, everything looks fine here. But these are things <sighs> in this cycle that we have to take into consideration. Oh, absolutely, yes. But nobody's going to mention these yes. things because they want you to forget that because yeah. it was last year. That these was are things news. that are still, like you said, these are still major issues, but they just are not talking about right. them. Right. It's easy to see, I guess, why they would put all their eggs into the January 6th basket. Yeah. yeah. And be like, look, Donald Trump, insurrections, yeah. violence, right. and white supremacy, and yeah. you don't want that, do you? Yeah. Because they have nothing else to yeah, stand on. Absolutely. They they don't have an economy to stand on. They don't have a um like uh war policy, like yeah. uh what are mm-hmm. they what do you call that? Your your foreign, foreign policy. They don't policy. have foreign yeah. policy to stand on, no economic policy to stand yeah. on. Uh they they literally have nothing. Yeah. They haven't fulfilled any of their promises. No. Well, I heard someone saying, well, Joe Biden's brought NATO together in a way that they haven't been united since the Cold War. Oh, yeah? It's like, yeah, because he's recreating the Cold War. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So so we got January 6th, which is their only claim to fame, because obviously we got to yeah. protect our elections. Yeah. I mean that's that's what the rest of this next six months is going to be is yes. oh protecting elections oh yeah. we got election uh, protect democracy yeah. democracy is fragile we got to protect it yeah. so I guess on the flip side what have the Republicans got and we we kind of hit that yeah. uh, basically we're not the Democrats yeah. Uh, yeah. The Democrats are giving them all the ammunition that they need yeah. to win the freaking yeah. midterm elections they don't have to do anything all yeah. they got to do is be like well we didn't cause inflation. Right. Well, we didn't pull out of Afghanistan. Well, we didn't uh, let the people sit there on the border. Right. I, I mean, they just yeah. got to basically say, we didn't do that. Yeah. We didn't cause gas prices to go up to five bucks yeah. in a, 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 a gallon. Yeah. And then, yeah. Are, are you better now than you were in 2020? That's yeah. all they got to ask. Yeah. And for most people, it's super shallow, too. All you got to say is two fifty at the pump versus $5 at the yeah. pump. Or it was like 2 bucks at the pump. Yeah, just 2 bucks. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're talking... Two, two and a half times the gas. And that's enough for a lot of people to be like, well, Biden fucked that one up. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're, I'm sold. Magoo says, Pelosi not calling for backup on January 6th is the best thing that the Democrats have to point to. <sighs> yes, that is, that's true. I, yeah. I can't even go down that rabbit hole, Magoo. <laughs> we had that, we had the discussion last week. <laughs> um, but like I said, the Democrats are giving the Republicans all Yeah. The ammunition they need. Americans are feeling it in but their pocketbooks. It, and Americans vote by their pocketbooks, oh, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, I, it makes you wonder, though, like, are they, is it by design? Uh, right? Are they, are they trying to give the Republicans enough rope to hang themselves? <laughs> yes. Right? Absolutely. Because you know Republicans are, are idiots as well. Mm-hmm. And they'll take it and run with it and be like, oh, this is going to be an easy one. Let's do this. And they brigged it just enough to where it just blows up in their face, yeah. and they could be like, "Look, the Republicans fucked it all up." It's yeah. like, wait, you you handed yeah. us a time bomb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes both ways. Like the Absolutely. Afghanistan war was a oh, time bomb, and we talked about that. There was no like yeah, ending it was, that. In whoever a, ended up with that in their hands, yeah, it was like gonna, hot potato. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, whoever whoever caught the grenade, yeah, it was going to blow up in their face. And unfortunately, Biden's like, "Oh, look at this grenade. Yeah. Oh, is it shiny?" <laughs> and it blew up in his face. <laughs> I mean, he was the one dumb enough to hold on to right. it and not pass it down. <laughs> so, uh, on the flip side, though, the Dem- like I said, the Democrats are doing it for the Republicans because even the people, even the people that don't get convinced by all the 
fuck-ups of the Democrats to decide I'm going to vote Republican, they're beginning to split away from the Democrats. Yeah. And we saw in 2020 they banded back together. We, I think we talked about it. Like, the Democrats are not all a unified thing. Oh, no, thing. no. You've got, like, all. a far yeah. left, like, yeah. uber-socialists, like, AOC types. Yep. And then you got, like, the middle, like, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden types yeah. that actually lean more towards, like, big business and stuff like yep. that. In corporations, they're, they're, they're more conservative than they are progressive. Right. Yeah. Uh, but because of the threat of Trump— Yep. They all banded together, like the the whole never Trump yeah. mentality. It's like, well, if we can band together and beat Trump, then we can yeah work at we'll, we'll work we'll out work the rest a, of it on our diff- yeah. differences. Well, how well did have they worked out their differences? <laughs> they fell to shit. Like how many how many uh, promises like union promises did he screw over uh like we said the college promises did he screw all these progressive Uh, ideals and look at black lives matter i was gonna say that look at freaking black lives matter uh how many i mean state of the it wasn't the state of the union it was that uh that uh town hall meeting when he was like what do you mean defend the police we never said defend the police we say fund the police more and we're like yeah since what yeah and you gotta think that those People that are the far faction of the left that are yeah. way further left had to have heard that, and they're like, "This guy's not for me. Yeah. This party's not for me anymore." And well, eventually, eventually, they're going to stop voting that direction. Yeah, yeah, that and, and you know how many Black Lives Matter leaders got busted for you know laundering <laughs> money, you know, for or like buying four million dollar yeah. houses and. And yeah. All that crazy so I mean, shit. and you know, they were like, "Well, what happened to all the money we gave them?" Well, they're buying bigger shit yeah. with it, and so yeah, so they lost all credibility. So it's like the, this fellowship that came together to take out the evil Trump. Yeah, is they're, all over. They're the place. falling apart, yeah. and when they fall apart, yeah, they, maybe they'll form their own like socialist party or something right. like that, and then you'll have the Democrat. All that's doing is increasing the Republicans' yeah. chance of winning because I mean, yeah. Republicans are kind of the same. You got the hard Trumpers and yeah. you got the moderates, but I don't think any of them will ever right. split from uh, yeah. Republican Yeah, I, I mean, party. the best thing that Trump could do is just shut up and sit back. Yeah, he won't do that. No, I know he's that. not going to do he, that. He'll self destruct here eventually. But, but I, I, I guess <laughs> the big question is how many cycles, election cycles of, well, we're not the ones who fucked it up. Can you go through? <laughs> because that's all it seems to be. It's yeah. like. Democrats are in, and then they screw things up, and then the Republicans come in, and they're like, well, we didn't fuck it up, so the Republicans now take over, and then four or eight years later, the Democrats are like, well... Well, we're not those guys. We didn't yeah. screw it up that bad. And then it just keeps how but, many how many much of that do we as people endure and believe and buy into that horseshit before we're just like, you know, all this shit's out the window. Yeah. But and, and I'm not a Trump fan, but how much did he actually fuck up? I yeah. mean, other than what the media twisted and made it look I mean, bad. he single-handedly destroyed democracy, as we know well, of it. Of course, yes. Fact check this podcast says that progressives hate the moderate neocon-type Democrats. Uh, it's impressively hostile when they don't have a Trump narrative to rally around. And then he says, I've been saying for years, if Trump would just shut the fuck up, the Democrats <laughs> would do all his work for him. It's absolutely it's true, true yeah. but he won't do that, yes. so... So we never have that option. So so the Democrats are just in complete denial over this. Yes. Yeah, we're talking about both, but because 
of where we're at with this yeah. cycle. We're going to specifically talk mostly about the Democrats mm-hmm. and how they're screwing it up for themselves. <laughs> but again, like I said, they're complete denial. They can't decide if to to use the narrative it's not that bad or it's not our fault. And you can't right. have both. Yeah, right, right. You can't say it's not that bad and it's not our fault because yeah. to say it's not our fault says it's not that bad. Right. So, but but they they can't get on which side. It's like either you know inflation's not real, or yeah. you know the border crisis isn't actually like. Remember yeah. when they refused to call it a crisis? Yeah. Or you know, uh, gas um, prices. Gas are prices. Fault. Yeah, that's all Putin's fault. It's it's denial, denial. Like it's not that bad. Yeah. But then on the same token, they're like, you know, the, the Republicans started this, or January sixth, uh, or you know, all this. Yeah. It it just goes back and forth, and it's just like. Denying responsibility does not win elections. Well, it shouldn't win elections. Unfortunately, it kind of does. I got this one first of uh, the Democrats are doubling down on on all their horrible policies. Which, yeah, yeah. When (laughs) the best thing you can do when uh, the your populace, your your voting citizens say you're doing a pretty bad job, the the best thing you can do is double down on everything you're doing. Yeah. That uh, the best management <laughs> when you go to a manager and you're like, you know, this thing you're doing, it's not really right. And the manager's like, no, I'm going even harder on yeah. this. We're going to do this like 100 percent my way yeah. and inevitably usually screws it up. Absolutely. And that's what it seems like. This article here says heading for an election white ha- or wipeout. Joe Biden is doubling down on every failed policy. This is from New York Post. So let me share this. Forgot to share my screen. Uh, here we go. Like I said, this is from New York Post. It says, as Joe Biden's Hindenburg of a presidency, <laughs> I like that reference, uh, continues its fiery descent into historically low popularity, the whiz kids at the White House think they have a solution. Their answer, amazingly, seems to be double down on their cavalcade of failed policies and get mumbly Joe out in front of the American people more. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Says that's right. The man who rode the presidency, rode to the president's presidency, hiding in his basement, is supposed to electrify voters and save the Democrats in the midterms. And that's why you got him on freaking Jimmy Kimmel and right. stuff. It's like, why aren't they throwing Obama out there like they did during his right. his election? Says, uh, but the headwinds faced by the party of Jefferson and Jackson are not stylistic. This isn't a messaging problem. It's a policy problem. It's several problems. <sighs> Take education. At a time when Republicans are having electoral success taking aim at critical race theory and gender ideology in our schools, the White House's answer is to say that none of it is even happening. <laughs> the same with, like, inflation, but yeah. uh, we didn't even mention, like, CRT. Yeah. It's like, well, they're—I def- mean, Republicans are winning, winning areas yeah. Yeah. by saying— do you want critical race theory yeah. taught in your schools? Do you want your kid being taught that he's a racist? Yeah. Do you it's want going across the aisle? Yeah. Do you want uh, uh, transgenderism taught to your right. four-year-old? And yeah, uh, parents are are uh, coming out in forces. Yeah. To say no, we don't want that. Well, <laughs> the Democrats' response to this is that's not really happening. That's not real. <laughs> These aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's the, the whole denial thing. Yeah. Same with uh, inflation. When they said, "Oh, it's just uh, temporary inflation. Yeah. It's not real inflation," and now it's coming out. It's just like, "Oh, oh, this is real. Yeah, it's this is a real, real. thing." <laughs> Says on the economy, inflation is so high that a trip to the grocery store almost requires taking out a second mortgage. Biden's answer 
to that is to spend and print more money, which is obviously how we got here in the first place. Meanwhile, the gross domestic product is in the red by 1.4%, all while the president pretends he's doing a fantastic job with his American comeback. In addressing the stark decline in the economy, the president blamed technical factors. Technical? Please (laughs) specify what the technical factors affecting... The economy. I mean, was there like a blip in the matrix? Was there like, I, I don't know, did did uh, somebody like uh, forget to power it down and power it's, back? His pa- calculator didn't, you know, too many decimals. Says another move the Democrats are po- pondering, which seems designed specifically to piss off every American without a college education, is to forgive... Uh, the forgiveness of student loan debt. Every plumber who decided not to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars for a degree in gender studies would pony up to pay the tab for those who did. <laughs> then it talks about the border, which we talked about. Uh, it talks about, uh, it goes on to say, honestly seems as though the Democrats want to lose. How else is there to explain their absolute refusal to pivot on anything? They're like a blackjack player raising the bet when they already busted. (laughs) There have been no uh, firings or resignations, not a single significant policy shift on anything. The polls are in the tank, and the Democrats want to send Joe Biden all across the country to say, actually, I'm doing great. (laughs) So what do you think? Yeah. Their whole denial policy. Deny that things are as bad as they are. Say... Things are good. Well, no, you know the, the media is backing great. them up out on it. You know, I mean, they're coming out and being like, "Oh yeah, our econ- the economy is good." You know, inflation's not as bad as you think. You know, yeah. I mean, so the the media is backing him up. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, they're like, "Oh yeah, um, this isn't that bad." Yeah, which it seems like actually a lot of the media now is starting to kind of shift focus because I think the people are yeah. starting to Pay wake attention. up and realize this shit's expensive because you get like. Yeah. Even like CNN, like uh, Democrats gonna fail. This is what they can do. It's like they see the writing on the walls, and they're start. I mean, they're still clueless on how to fix it. They obviously, we gotta beat Trump is the 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 way to fix that. So that's the the Democrats doubling down on on this shit. It's like how how many times can you say yeah everything's fine right. Before you wake up and realize everything's not fine. Yeah. And then whose resp- responsibility is it? And that's why I think that maybe, just maybe, at this point they want to lose the election so then they can blame all... Like, because I yeah. feel like they've been... Pro- still are propping this economy up. Yeah, Like, absolutely. we haven't felt it. We see oh, yeah. all the things yeah. that could go wrong. We see the gas prices high and the yeah. food... Like, we haven't actually seen the recession yet right and that's coming yeah and i think they would love to not be the ones at right. the helm Can when I, the recession comes the economy's kind of like the the afghanistan yeah and they're just gonna ha- try to hand it off hot potato to the next guy or, and then all of a sudden pull the plug or the 2008 recession i mean right. all of bush's policies yeah led to the 2008 recession well, but and that then, was built up from the clinton well yeah era. it's all it's just so, passing yeah. off passing off and then it became obama's problem it's yeah. like well obama was president during the greatest recession since right. the since the great depression yeah. and it's just like well do you realize do you remember bush handing out stimmies yeah before he left office because yeah. i remember that so obviously there was a problem before obama right. ever stepped yeah. in office uh it's just the blame game yeah or it's like I said, it's either the deny game or the blame game, and I think we're now edging more towards okay, this thing is more real than yeah. we 
want people to think it is. Yeah. So now we got to blame somebody else. Right. And uh, you know, you almost think that they they have to because do they really have a hope in hell come 2024? Uh, I mean, who are they going to run? Biden, obviously. Yeah. Well, even the Democrats <laughs> just this week came out and they're they're like they're whispering in inner yeah. circles. We don't want Biden to run. Yeah. I guarantee you they don't run. Harris, because oh, she's like she four, she's fourteen points below Biden in approval yeah. ratings. Right, but I had read a, an article, so this isn't my original thought. It's like, is the Democrat Party really going to be the party? Because traditionally, if the president doesn't run, his vice president is right. the one to run. Is the Democrat Party going to be the party that breaks that tradition? When it is not only the first black vice president, but it's the first female vice right. president, but it's the first black female right. vice president. Yeah. Is the Democrat right. Party willing to break ties with that tradition yeah. and say, we don't want her. We want this old white dude. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, they, they put themselves in a lose situation when it comes to right. 2024. Right. Because, yeah, if they, if they pull out against Harris, then it's like they have no confidence in the first black female president. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And or they they're racist or sexist or so something. The glass ceiling still exists. They have to kill Biden, put Harris in, and let her resuscitate the the economy in the next two years. Yeah, that won't happen though, because she'll blame everybody else and well, be like, she'll. "Oh, they gave me hard jobs and not I can't if, do hard jobs." Not if Obama's coaching her, that I mean, that's fair. So some people just aren't coachable though. Yes. So let's talk about the blame game a little more. I've got this article from the Dallas Morning News titled, Democrats are following the playbook that ends in record losses. <laughs> and this one compares it to the election cycle of 1894, okay. which um, was the largest swing from one party to the other party. I mean, just a landslide, like hundreds of, yeah. of senators just flipped flip sides yeah it says it was it was fall of 1894 i'm not going to read this whole narrative but i want to get the point across it was fall of 1894 people were still feeling the effects of the panic of 1893 uh which had shut down most of the economy and plunged the nation into a catastrophic recession does that sound familiar a little bit with every segment of the country in a world of pain farmers were disgusted with the cost of wheat laborers were desperate for jobs and higher pay Sound, sounds pretty familiar. The biggest punch of all, the Pullman strike, had caused a massive nationwide boycott of all trains that carried Pullman passenger cars. So that's talking about like supply lines and like catastrophic supply line failures, which we saw that this right. year and last year too. Maybe not from strikes, but from the ports and stuff. It pitted labor against the company, the press, the federal government, and President Grover Cleveland, a Democrat in the beginning half of his second non-consecutive term in office. When Cleveland called in the U.S. Army to quell the strikers, the die was cast for his party. Just four years earlier, Democrats had gained 86 House seats and a majority. On election night of 1894, Republicans gained 130 seats, a whopping 35% of the lower chamber, which totaled 357 seats at the time. Damn. Democrats lost 125 seats outright, uh, with Republicans picking up third-party seats as well. It remains the, lar the largest numerical loss for a political party in history, according to the House historian. So that, that's kind of the backstory of the largest like flip-flop of yes. the House in history. Uh, let me scroll down. 
because it says uh, it, it keeps talking about that. But this paragraph I liked, it says the Democrats had woefully handled every crisis that came their way that year and their use of the press as a weapon against the people had backfired. Huh. Have you seen that? Yeah. You seen the so. the Democrats using the press as a weapon against the people when it comes to like January 6th, yep. when it comes to like vaccines, yep. when it comes to uh mask anything, anything. Yep. It's the the press against the people. It says uh America was in the middle of the gilded age when agricultural markets crashed. You know what's funny about that sentence right there? Yeah. What was the theme of that uh was the Oscars or there was no, it was it was that that big celebrity party, the costume party. Remember the the Gilded Age theme they oh, they did. Oh yes, yes, yes. It's just ironic that yeah. this year the celebrities had a theme of this time where the separation between the working class and high society was so huge, mm-hmm. and you got all these celebrities that are out c- celebrating that. Yeah. And now we're comparing this time of the Gilded Age to, to this election ci- yeah. cycle right now. That's crazy. So it's just ironic to me. Says uh, Cleveland hesitated to act. When he finally tried to repeal the Silver Purchase Act in an attempt to strengthen gold, it was too late. And it talks about stock market crash and all this shit. Um, let's scroll down to today, what it says about today. It says, in the past 128 years, we have never seen a majority swept out with such vigor magnitude as it was in 1894. In truth, it is unlikely to happen again. However, that doesn't mean the Democrats are not trying hard to break that record, uh, or at least the more recent one set in, set in 2010 by Republicans. It's astonishing to witness the messaging Democrats in D.C. think their voters, in particular Democrats in swing states, uh, should use to hold seats or win new ones. Most of the messaging is calling Republicans extremists, insurrectionists, QAnon members, who are transphobic and want to take reproductive rights away from women. That's 100% their strategy. Yeah, absolutely. They have no strategy besides saying, well, Republicans are transphobic. Republicans right. are uh, white supremacists. Right. They're they, non supporters. They don't care about your bodies. January 6th. Right, yeah. Abortion rights. Yeah, yeah. Reproductive rights. That's all they got to yeah. say. They, People they like think everybody should have an AR-15 and walk around town. Says that's a lot of wasted spaghetti thrown at the wall, especially given... <laughs> that none of this messaging even attempts to address the many issues that are shifting voters away from the Democratic Party. So, yes, that, that fixes yeah. the problem of the, the Republicans. But what about your own people that are, like, leaving by the yeah, troves? Exactly. says, Democrats are treating the crime issue like it's a parlor game. Spend any time listening to the police scanners in New York, Philadelphia, or D.C., or Chicago, and you will find the problem is very real and out of control. The blame lands right in the hands of Democrats. Those are Democrat districts. Right, exactly. So you can't blame yeah. Republicans. You can't blame the lack of gun laws because these are the states that have the strictest, the strictest. or the, the districts that have the strictest yeah. gun laws. It says Democrats' negligence at the border is having an effect as well, not only on Texans in the Rio Grande Valley, but also on the suburban parents in Shaker Heights, Ohio. In Butler County, PA, they are suddenly finding fentanyl has made its way into their circles and taken hold of their children and their friends. Huh. Interesting. Meanwhile, no one is shaking off inflation as a passing phase. So it, it talks about all this, these things that we talked yeah. about. And basically, the, it, it goes on to say the only message Biden has given on infl- inflation is that it's uh, Putin's fault. Right. 
And it says, an insulting premise to everyone who has been watching prices rise rapidly for the last 12 months. It's Putin's fault. It's the blame game. It's the Republicans' fault. It. Uh, I mean, they're insurrectionists. We got terrorists. Uh, don't, yeah. don't look at all the things that are actually going on around right. you that yeah. we could affect. But look at the things that other people, it's, it's all their faults. Yeah. So I I don't know like do you do you think that's a winning strategy there I mean no. it seemed it seemed to be a winning strategy when it was getting Trump out of office right but do you think it is now no no like, because again you know they they had made Trump into this giant ego manic man, maniacal tyrant right he's not there now yeah right so you know they don't have a big bad you know he's they're trying to make Putin into the big bad but but that that's not working so hot for them no. I mean. But then we bring back up January 6th, so maybe we can make Trump uh, yeah, a big exactly. bad again. Let's <clears throat> let's make him the big bad again. And on the, the line with you saying Trump needs to shut the fuck up, they also, the only Republicans that they end up pointing at and saying, don't vote for him, don't vote for him, are the ones that Trump publicly supports. Yeah. Trump needs to sit down and just shut up yeah. because then they have nothing. Yep. The yep. only ammo they have is, well, he's obviously a Trump guy. Right. Oh, that guy was at a Trump rally. Uh, that, that guy uh, is a an election denier. Yeah. I mean, the only thing they have on any of the Republican uh, <laughs> candidates is their connection in some way to Donald to Trump, Trump yep. or January 6th. Right. More blaming game. This one, this one will piss you off. <laughs> Good. Good. I need it. Obama's Treasury Secretary blames insurrection deniers for inflation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's the people that denied that the insurrection was an insurrection. It's their yeah. fault that inflation is what it is today. It's okay. uh, I mean, January 6th is I mean, they can't throw keep throwing Putin on all the inflation. Right, so right. now they throw January 6th on it. Okay. Like January 6th caused inflation, wow. obviously. And this is why uh, this guy, his name is uh, Larry S- Summers. He was Obama's uh, Treasury Secretary back in the day. So he talks about, uh, he says, I think optimists were wrong a year ago. Hang on, let me pull this up so people can see. Uh, in saying we have no inflation, and I think they are wrong now if anyone is highly confident that we are going to avoid recession. So he says recession's coming, but then he goes on to say this. I think... Banana Republicans who are saying that what happened on January 6th was nothing or okay are undermining the basic credibility of our country's institutions. And that, in turn, feeds uh, through for inflation. Because if you can't trust the country's government, why should you trust its money? So the people that deny January 6th as being an insurrection, they're fueling the distrust in the government, which in turn is fueling inflation. (laughs) Huh. There's a lot to unpack there. Go ahead. Give it to me. <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, they lost all credibility in institutions during the COVID thing. Yes. Right? I mean, there's not one institution out there. I mean, maybe the last one that I thought I could trust, my doctor, yeah, went out the window. Really? Well, yeah. I mean... Yeah, so, I mean, the whole medical, scientific, scientific was already sketchy, educational, I mean, all the institutions went out the window, right? They they saw fit to make sure that the the institution of, of police and first responders was shot in 2020 as well, mm-hmm. okay? 
because then they want, and they even went out and wanted to defund them. Okay, so they've destroyed the credibility of every institution, hoping that people would still lean on the government for mm -hmm. some reason, right? Because like they're the ones they could trust. But the government, and, and no, we don't trust the money. And anybody who's a fool in this country would trust the money that they've printed mm -hmm. because there's no value to it. Well, and it like, continues to lose the value. It, it's like uh, the narcissist, like sociopath, wife-beating boyfriend that blames the wife for... Yeah. Well, well, you backed me in a corner, so I had to beat the shit out of right, you. It's, that, yeah. it's like that's well, exactly it. You're you're fueling the distrust. No, no, the fact that the government screws up everything it's touched. Yes, fuels the mistrust yes. in the government. And, and, and COVID just awoken, at least at the optimist in me, yeah. woke people to see that yeah, the government's full of shit. Yeah. So, and it's like, how can you trust anything they're trying to push? Here's another fun one for you. I uh, this was posted by um, it was uh, Justin Lighthart's wife, and okay. so I had to bring this one into it too. This is just a screenshot of an article. It says, "What causes recession? Maybe it's you and how grumpy you are about the economy." <laughs> so it's our fault that the economy sucks. It's our fault I that see. that inflation is through the roof it's because mindset. Yeah, okay. we have this negative attitude yeah. towards the economy. So obviously. Like this actually says, U.S. consumer confidence is waning. Economists say it's another risk factor that could trigger a recession. So it's the fact that you have negative thoughts towards the economy that causes the economy to get worse. You see 479 at the gas tank, and I, I hear about it every fucking day. My wife mm -hmm. calls me every time she drives by the gas station to bitch about gas prices. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It we're, does. we're a little bit pissed <laughs> off about that. Yeah. And it's like, is it. Our negative attitude that's causing your shitty economy is your your shitty economy that's causing yeah. our negative attitude. That yeah, that's I mean that's how it works. When we see yeah. bad prices, we get a little irritated yeah. and we tighten up our pocketbooks, and yeah. then that makes obviously yes, yes, that does make the economy get worse because yeah. we stop spending money because we don't have money to spend anymore. Yeah. I mean, our, our our dollar is seven percent less yeah. effective by purchases seven percent less than it did. Uh, six eight months ago, yeah. yeah, and but but it's our fault that right. the economy that we're heading towards a recession. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the fact that they they printed trillions of dollars and devalued our our dollar yeah. by seven percent. It's our fault for negative shitty attitudes. Right, exactly. Wow, playing the blame game. Do you think? Do you think blaming the people that are pissed off at the economy? Do you think that's going to convince them to vote for you? I don't think so. I I, I think that's going to backfire. By by saying you know all all the, these negative things that are going on in this country, that's your fault. Do you yeah. think this is their uh, ask not what your country can do for you? Do you, do you think that's their them trying that? Like I, I ask what so. you can do for yeah. your country. You yep. think that'll have the same impact? Like not yeah, right now. that. I mean, that was kind of JFK saying you know you guys should have a better attitude and you should yeah. be doing but, more to help the the country rather than expecting the other Joe, way Joe around. Joe Biden is no Joe he's, John Kennedy. He's not, or he'd have his head blown out on the yeah, back right. of a <laughs> yeah. convertible. And, and Joe Biden's head is just blown out everywhere. <laughs> it's true. Oh, man, I couldn't believe when I saw no both of these. Shit, this man. one, that grumpy people towards the economy are causing a recession, or that... Uh, 
one six January six deniers are causing a recession. It's just it's everybody's I, I fault. I want to see Joe Biden go out there in public and say that to some to the people. Be like, you know, the economy's actually really good. It's just you guys have a bad attitude. Yeah, you got a <laughs> shitty attitude. Maybe if you stop being a shit shithead and started spending more. Right. I mean, people buy into that too. They'll oh, be like, yeah. you know, he said we should go spend more. Take all my money. Here's right. more money, more but money, more wasn't money. Wasn't that what the big criticism over Bush was after September 11th, he's like, "Hey, go out and and, and shop. Go yeah, spend let's, money. let's not expect. Let's not just shut things down yeah. just because this horrible thing happened. Yeah. Go out and spend more money." Uh, Joseph, haven't seen you in a while. It's good to have you on. Says, "Damn, should have been happier about those rent spikes." <laughs> You're not wrong, right? You're not lying. Uh, housing, uh, interest rates, which yeah. the interest rates had to go up because. Oh yeah, I mean. Yeah. The housing market would have crashed if they kept the interest Absolutely. rates at zero. But yeah, it's it's all our fault. I mean, that's how you that's how you charge your voter base is by blaming right. your voter yeah. base try, on. I mean, the try to get people to go out and buy a car right now. I right. mean, car prices are insane. So, let's see how much time we got. We got a couple more minutes till break. What about what about the like like we talked about the faction the ne- that that joined together to be the never the never fellowship. trumpers yeah yes the, like the far left faction like yeah. the the BLM types you brought up the the socialist types what what do you think his whole uh, I I mentioned it his whole talking about <clears throat> how we never talked about defunding right. the police we never we never uh, we actually. We actually want to fund the police. I mean, he has right. said he has regurgitated the law and order uh, rhetoric that Donald Trump was famous right. for, and they they blasted him for in 2020. Uh, he he's actually said the the words law and order. Yeah. And do you, do you think that bodes well with his own voter base, or at least the not, never Trumpers? Not, uh, yeah, not not with the the uh, defund BLM cloud. You know, Antifa people, no, hell no. <laughs> Do you think those people are going to hang on for one more round? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm expecting to have some cops shootings here soon, where cops are shooting people. I mean, it's about that time of year, right? Yeah, I mean, we got to. Right. It goes I mean, in cycles. Absolutely. We have our war. We've got our... Uh, our, our mass shootings. Mass shootings, our terrorists. we got to yeah. now go back to cops killing yeah. black people. we got to get BLM back into prominence so people will listen to them again so they can get the vote. Well, with all his... Uh, like support the police rhetoric he's been kind of yeah leaning he, on the last year or so I, i'm sure he'll say i i never said that apparently the white house has been hosting defund the police activists over the past oh, year yeah. that doesn't surprise me so he's still keeping them in their his pockets yeah even though he's saying all this stuff on tv he's got he's trying to keep that like yeah. oh no we're on your side oh, I'm sure we'll, we'll keep you right there little wink wink yeah you know yeah, well, no, no, we're going to defund the police. Yeah. No, we're. No, I, I just said that. I you got know, your back. I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't just outright say, like, yeah. shut down. I got to keep you know this. Where I stand. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's just on, like, man. like I said, while, while he maintains that law and order yeah. rhetoric, he's inviting you know, these people to the White House to, to but, talk. But that's an interesting, another interesting dichotomy there is because most police, especially in big cities, are union, mm-hmm. right? So, you can't go out saying you're going to defund major unions when the unions are your primary supporters. Well, how many how many police officers have up and just left the force 
the police union members have left the force because they don't feel like they were supported oh, sure by not. by the administration or by their government. They they yeah. didn't feel like the government had their back and um things just went to shit yeah. in all these cities and yeah. Tons of police officers like, "No, what? I, this ain't for me anymore." Yeah. And I'm not I'm not on no, the side of police all. officers. I'm not on the side of BLM. I'm just saying what yeah. it is, but, is they ran on a basically a defund the police yeah. platform, or at least they had their support, and they were like, we are with you. Yeah. They never came out and said defund the police, but right. there was very clearly, we are with you. Yeah. And then a year later, uh, Biden comes on national TV and says, we never said defund the police. Right. We said fund the police yeah. more. And then this whole time, they're... They're freaking milking out these freaking uh, defund the police activists on the side. Yeah, But, I mean, if you were Oakland, Seattle, Minneapolis, I mean, places that actively talked about defunding the police, you know, I mean, that would be a major, you know, major, like, deficit that you're Mm going to lose in those areas. You would think so. Justin Lightheart is here. Justin, Justin, it's good to have you on. Says they will defund the ability to hire and train and maintain funding for paramilitary gear. They will defund the ability to hire and train and maintain funding for paramilitary gear. I'm okay with that. I, yeah. I don't believe the the police force should be right. <laughs> a military force because yeah. that's that's where all but, the problems are. Right, but that's you know they they had brought them in to support homeland security and then also mm-hmm. for the drug war. You yeah, know, and look so. how great both of those things are. Right. Successful. I know, both winning, was, winning. Yeah, more uh, <laughs> innocent people were killed than than yeah. uh, terrorists have been killed well, or and, arrested. And I've seen in headlines lately, actually, where schools are wanting to do contracts with the police force to get police officers in their schools with these shootings. Yeah. So it's like, so then they're going to have to raise funding, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe that would go for education. I don't know how that works when I, that line goes there. I, I don't know. But how does how did the Democrats handle this? Because right. I, I don't feel like they can keep pulling in the that faction right. just purely to fight against Trump yeah. for the rest of forever. They can't hold on yeah. to that forever. Eventually, they're going to lose yeah. that section of their voting base, that ra- radical, whatever, far-left Extreme, yeah. not I'm not saying like extremist, but extremely far left yeah. faction, they're going well, to lose it. I mean, because we we read about all the um, the hostility uh, with Bernie's people mm-hmm. in the last one, where they you know it seemed like they actually had to kind of bribe them mm-hmm. a little bit because they were like, no man, we're not going to go for Biden. We don't accept what Biden's pushing. Well, then, uh, flashback to the 2016 when Hillary basically stole it from Bernie, <laughs> right. and then they. Uh, yeah. All the Bernie kids were all up in arms over that. Yeah, calling for uh, um, election fraud oh, in yeah. that in that case. Yeah, but somehow they managed to convince those people. Hey, come back for one more round. We'll just have a big family to reunion to get rid of Trump. Yeah, and then everything is we're gonna yeah. we're gonna go your direction. Yeah, I see. There's people wanting <laughs> Bernie to run. In 2024. Oh God, how old is he now? He's got to be in his 80s. Yeah, he's got to be up there, which Biden's going to be 80. 82, I think. I 82 think. Yeah. when uh, 2024 hits. So, yeah, it's it's a joke. This whole thing's a joke, and I think they're coming to terms with the fact that they're inevitably going to lose. Oh, yeah. And so they are going to... You're, you're seeing them start to flip the script with these, like, oh, blame the insurrectionists for, you know, the threat to right. democracy. Blame insurrectionists for the... The inflation, blame the insurrectionists for, you know, all these things. Yeah. 
And now it's going to turn from, hey, everything's great and and happy to this dire uh, threat against democracy is going to come out again. It's like, yeah. well, this is yeah. a major threat to democracy, so we, we we have to win this one. Yeah. And that's that's what I primarily want to talk about in the second half is this great threat to democracy and this whole kind of mentality in this split that is perpetuated so much now in in the United States that it doesn't matter which side wins. The other side is going to say voter fraud or that wasn't fair or right. uh, the, the elections were rigged and the whole loss of faith in the election uh, yeah. The election cycle, the election system, which, in my opinion, is the great threat to democracy. It's not Donald Trump. It's not uh, the freaking Black Lives Matter. It's the fact that they are pushing us to lose faith in the election system. Absolutely. So so they can make these great reforms. Another or, institution, right? <clears throat> right. Uh, before we get out of here... Uh, Justin says, Justin Lightheart, I got many Justins. Uh, there's a part of me that think that wants to believe that the entire system is forecasted by an AI with the intelligence of an eight-year-old and that AI <laughs> is just <laughs> fucking with Hillary. <laughs> I like it. I like it. We talked about the eight-year-old AI yesterday. Did you see the title I posted for yesterday's article? Nah. Is, uh The AI is more alive than Justin Bieber's face. <laughs> nice. Uh, Joseph says Bernie Sanders is 80 years old as of and was born September 8th, 1941. Okay. So he was alive during World War II. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I want to talk about like the real. Oops, that's not what I meant to hit. The real threat to democracy, if there is one, if the elections. <laughs> you know, yeah. if, if elections are actually going to continue, I want to yeah. look at. How both sides are saying this is the gravest threat. Uh, if this happens, then no more democracy. If this happens, then America is ruined. That, those are the things I want to talk about in the second half. So I'm going to take three or four minutes to... I, I didn't bring anything to drink oh, in the yeah, first half. yeah, you have nothing to refresh. <clears throat> That's why I keep clearing my throat. I have okay. nothing to drink. So <laughs> we're going to take three or four minutes so I can get something to drink. Hang tight. When we come back, we're going to have more fun stuff to talk about, as nice. always. So we will be right back. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remster W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence to new ways to develop rugged individualism to amazing guests living strange crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remster W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remster W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Uh, Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Me Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net.
Alright, we are back. I hit the button to come back yeah. and play the comeback music, and then I realized I still forgot my coffee upstairs. <laughs> so it's like people can enjoy our comeback. We just have a longer comeback. It's uh, That's okay. It's like Donald Trump's comeback. Right? Two-year comeback in the making. Woo. I mean, sadly enough, not not an intentional se- segue, but sadly enough, all they are doing, all the Democrats are doing is ensuring that Donald Trump makes a comeback in 2024. Yeah. I mean, you can only fail so many times when yeah. you have such a, a incredibly charged base of Trump supporters. Yeah. And when you're splitting your own base and ignoring your own base... All you're doing is making sure that Trump comes back but, in full force. But can they can they make Trump look like he's so epically evil <laughs> That's that even trying. Kamala Harris can get in against him? I don't think Kamala Harris doesn't have a chance against Donald Trump. <laughs> I would Absolutely agree. Not. I would agree with that. But, but we also said the same thing about Joe Biden. Exactly. I, so. If you would have told me Joe Biden was going to become president, I would have... Over Donald Trump? Yeah. I mean, I could see over John McCain. Yeah. Or easily. over like Mitt Romney yeah. or somebody like that. Yeah. Some some nobody candidate right. but over donald trump absolutely not yeah but but they they made trump look so ineffectual against covid and they scared people to death so badly over covid that people were willing to take a an average nobody joe biden mm-hmm. for president and i think that's their there has to be their strategy this time yeah i i i, I think to. they're hoping it happens again yeah oh I absolutely think, they I, have like, to be yeah i mean the the problem is no matter which side wins in 2024, does either side accept either side? <laughs> no. I not, mean, not, no, no. We'll get into that it, stuff. Yeah. I got some more stuff yeah. to talk about before we get into that that part of it. Uh, first, I want to talk about, uh, I, I had said that basically the Democrats have come to terms with the fact that they are going to epically lose in the midterms. Because yes. we can't talk about 2024 until we talk yeah, about the absolutely. midterms, because yes. what happens in the midterms is going to springboard us into 2024. Absolutely. Uh, Ju- Justin Lightheart says there won't ever be a woman president. Is that is that your wish, or do you just think that <laughs> America will never be ready for a, a female president? I I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't see, especially if you keep the people at the top that are always at the top, which yeah. is predominantly old white dudes. Right. I yeah. don't see there ever being them pushing a, uh, yeah, an acceptable female candidate. Because all the yeah. the f- female candidates that could have could probably do a bang up job, they will never push those types through. Yeah, there it's always been the I, Hillary Clintons, who's a, basically a a an old white male in a female pantsuit, yeah. or Kamala Harris, who was only put there, yeah, because of her race and her freaking gender. I I still think I still think Michelle Obama's going to make a push. Again, there will never be a female president. <laughs> nobody in their right mind thinks Michelle Obama is a female. But I guess we had Hillary too. Yeah, right. Justin says it's not about America. It's I mean, yeah. None of this is about America. Right. Um anyway, like I said, like I started to say they they are starting to see the writing on the walls. So they're they're starting to shift their their kind of viewpoints on all of this. They're starting to shift their uh their tactics and they're going in with now 
like let's lose as best as possible type oh, okay. strategy instead Hoping of for the first round draft next year. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's like let's lose so epically that we get a first round pick next year. I mean, we're doing so bad instead of keep let instead of keeping pushing towards the the victory, let's let's just keep fucking it up so bad that yeah, uh, 2024 is basically the first round draft pick when <laughs> I mean, that's just what it seems to yeah. be. Uh, they're flipping the script on this completely. This is the po- this is an opinion post from the Washington Post. says, why losing the, the midterms isn't the worst thing for Democrats. <laughs> I mean, it's just gotten to the part where it's like, well, I mean, yeah, we're going to lose. But is, is it that bad? Is, is it really that bad to lose? <laughs> Let, let's look at why it would be good to lose. Uh, let me get this advertisement out of the way. We're so, America. When was the last time yeah, we won? Go away. <laughs> it says, if you're a Democrat looking for reasons to be hopeful about your electoral prospects, then I've got one of those classic good news, bad news scenarios for you. Um, it says, the bad news, everyone always wants the bad news first, is that your party, it's not my party, your party is headed for a world of hurt in November. Every poll can't be wrong. So, Washington Post even understands. Yeah. Look, the, the writing's on the wall. You're gonna fucking lose. Yeah. Says the good news is that getting blown out in 2022 well may be the only path you have to holding the White House in 2024. I don't know who this is. It says Van. That's all it says. Oh. I don't know who Van is. It says, I'm not saying the cost of a Republican takeover in November won't be steep in the short run. There aren't the conservative revolutionaries of 1994, or even Tea Party types of 2010. This is the mutant gene version of Republican uprising, a full-on crazy-eyed dystopian movement of conspiracists and authoritarians. Wow. I mean, they are doubling wow. down no shit. on like isolating themselves from the other side. It's not, I mean, we can't even compare them to the Tea Party. We're talking mutants. <laughs> mutant Republicans. It says, brace yourself for no end of mindless investigations. Are you f- are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, right, right, yeah. Brace but, yourself for no end of but mindless investigations. that's what investi- they do, though. That they, they blame you for what they do. Yes. Right? That's are, what they do. Does anybody remember from 2016 to 2020 yeah. where it was no end of mindless investigations? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Constant. If they would have done one more impeachment, they would have got those steak knives. (laughs) Russiagate, Russia uh, voting systems, Russia, 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 just for four fucking years straight. And they have the nerve to say, brace yourself for no end of mindless investigations. How many impeach? I mean, he got he held the record for impeachment. I I think so, yes. And they tried to impeach him a third time after he got out of office. Yeah, even out of office, they tried to go after him What if we impeach him again? It's like, uh, you can't. (laughs) He's not president. He's not actually president. But uh, this would be this unprecedented. And at times come for <laughs> unprecedented right. measures. It's a post-presidential impeachment. Yes. It goes on to say a virtual peach tree dish for paranoia. I've never peach heard tree. it. Peach called tree. A peach tree. Peach tree dish. Does it say peach tree? It says peach. I'm tree gonna say dish. that's a typo. It's got Were be they pe- talk texting? It says uh, <laughs> Assaults on electoral system and nativist proposals, a virtual peach tree dish for paranoia to quote, oh, they're quoting uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. All right. Yeah, she's fucking up too. But she's from Georgia. She's from Georgia. It's the peach state. So maybe there was a reason for that. She said peach tree. Uh, But everything we know about modern politics suggests that the best way, maybe the only way, for a Democrat to be reelected 
is to also be the last guy standing between the broad American electorate and a whole lot of Republican crazy. There's a pattern here. After narrowly winning the presidency in 92, Clinton immediately set about trying to rewrite the social contract and embroiling himself in distracting cultural issues. He became the first Democrat in almost 50 years to lose control of both chambers in the ensuing midterm elections. That's what you had brought up. Yep. Clinton moderated his message after losing uh, and stared down the new Republican majority over its shutdown of the federal government. He was reelected easily. Twelve years later, Barack Obama swept into office on another Democratic wave, went on his own government expansion bender. Uh, they're, they're talking like that's a good thing. I government know. expansion bender? Right. Oh, they're, no, because they're saying how they go extreme first and then they lose and then right. they moderate things yeah. down and win. Uh, but the, the problem is Biden was pretty moderate his whole time. Yep. He's so Mr. Moderate. he never was on the extreme. Yeah. He had extreme rhetoric in the beginning. We're going right. to do this and this and this. Yeah. Never did a damn no. thing. Right. The difference is Clinton, like, actually set off on his like yeah. agendas, and Obama set off on his government expansion well, bender. And Clinton and Obama were really like photogenic, very charismatic, and people so like them. Biden is a hot dude. <laughs> He's a really hot dude. <laughs> he does look like a mashed potato. <laughs> I don't know. It says, recast as the lone bulwark against Republican radicalism, Obama's return to office by a comfortable margin. Biden similarly has spent most of the past two years trying to satisfy the ascendant left of his party. I don't think he really has done that good. Not really. The cringy-sounding squad and so forth in a most vain effort to enact some kind of sweeping agenda. He's done none of it. I mean, all he's done, I guess he's printed trillions of dollars. Right. He did that part. The party in charge has spent inordinate amounts of time talking about police reform and college loan forgiveness. Yes, they've talked. They've done a lot of talking. They've yeah. done a lot, very little doing. While the rest of the country worries far more about rising crime and price of gas and groceries. No one at the White House will say this out loud, certainly, but the fact is that losing control of the House and possibly the Senate in November would instantly make the presidency a more manageable job. Yeah, because you can blame the other side yeah. for it. That's what I was saying in the first yeah. half. It's easy to be a president with the other side in control because right. nothing is your fucking fault. Right. When nothing gets done, it's no longer your fault, no longer your responsibility. Yeah. Right. You just point at the other side. Well, it wasn't that Obama that I mean that's what he called it was the the do nothing uh, Republican uh Congress. Yeah. They were the new do nothing Congress. Yeah. And so so if everything goes bad, you just blame the other yep. side. When all three <clears throat> parties and this is I think I said this about Trump when it was Trump had the the executive branch. They had the 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 legislative branch, yep. and they ended up getting the Supreme Court, the yep. exec, uh, the judicial. judicial branch. I'm just like they got nobody to blame when they ultimately fuck up. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the problem. It, well, there's a there's no checks and balances. B, it all lands on your shoulders when things go to shit. Yeah, and that's I mean they're basically saying you know we got nobody to blame. So would it be so bad if we yeah. lost one of at least one of these? says it would curb the power of the Sanders-Warren wing, freeing Biden to pursue the kind of mainstream liberal agenda, his landmark infrastructure law being a good example, that the voters thought they were getting in the first place. Meanwhile, a newly emboldened Republican majority, like space junk orbiting its Trumpian star, will gravitate even more strongly towards anti-democratic themes of election fraud and intolerance. 
Like Clinton and Obama before him, Biden will have the chance to rebrand himself as the grown-up standing firm against bullies and extremists. Again, it's just a fucking blame game. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. It's like, yeah, d- yeah, we're going to lose this, but it's not our fault. Well, yeah, but if we lose it, now yeah. we have a, we have a ba- scapegoat. Yeah, we've got a bully yeah. that we can blame everything on. And yeah. like th- this Washington Post is just talking about how great this is. Oh, this yeah. is this awesome yeah. thing. Guys, I'm trying to do Build Back Better, but the Republicans <clears throat> won't let me. They're yeah. just they want to push grandma over the cliff again. And they're saying they're saying, well, well, that'll give him a chance to push his agenda further. How does that even yeah. work? Right. Like they're saying, well, this stalls the the extreme far, far left, like AOC types, the, yeah. the Elizabeth Warren types, so he can get his more moderate plans done. Right. And I see what he's saying there. But now what you are doing is you are isolating the people that got yeah. you here more, right. the people that got you here in the first yeah, place. The people that, that voted, because AOC was pissed off when he got elected the first time, because mm-hmm. she's like, great, now we're not going to get anything done. And she was right. And God, then when he passed, why did I like, say that? <laughs> when, he, when he passed the, the stimulus, she, she was like, yeah. no, we said... Yeah, we wanted more. We wanted more money. Yeah. What, what are you talking about? We didn't want well, four thousand is four thousand is four thousand. You remember that right. or, yep. or yeah. whatever? Because yeah. he just like tacked on to Trump's. Yeah, and she's like, "No, you said four thousand, or I can't remember the yeah. price." And she was like, 4000 is four thousand. And we're like, "Wow, you're great at math." <laughs> um, so yeah, you just you just cut off a probably. Yeah, a 10, 15 percent of your voter base by saying, oh, this just uh, locks them out so they can't uh, they can't hold us back more so we can get our more moderate agenda. done." But but he's going to blame that on the Republicans. He's going to be like, look, I'm really trying. I'm really trying to do this stuff. But but the Republicans won't let me. I, I really want to defund the police, but they won't let me. Here's another example. So that was, like I said, Washington Post. Here's another example. It says, uh. Will Democrats lose in the midterms? Probably, but it's the wrong question to ask. So so we're not concerned about losing now. We're concerned about all these other things. And wait till you hear this one. This one's great. Good. <clears throat> and dramatic all at the same time. Oh, I love dramatic. In the satire, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the heroes search for the answers to life, the universe, and everything. They find it, only discover that they never understood what the question was. I've never seen that. Have you seen that one? I, I haven't, which as a sci-fi fan, I feel ashamed of. All right. I need a drink. Hang on. Political pundits have the same problem right now. It's common and will become increasingly so in the coming months. To see analysts point to the polling data, history lessons, or both to show that Democrats are in big trouble in November. Fair enough. But what question are we answering? If it's the usual one, will Republicans take over majorities in Congress then sure, there's a lot of evidence to say yes, they will. But that's not a very profound insight, is it? <clears throat> the presidency's, president's party has almost always bled seats in the midterms, and this year even a handful of losses will mean a Republican majority. Even presidents with soaring approval ratings still lose an average of three House seats in midterm elections. And we all know that President Biden's approval is 11 points below his disapproval, reflecting the Democrats' unpopularity more widely. The generic ballot polling question has Democrats down 2.5%. So it says, I'd argue there are two much more important questions we should be asking as we close in on November's midterms. The first one, can Democrats keep things close? That's what I was saying. Like, 
yeah, we're going to lose, but how bad do we want to lose? Should we lose really bad or not so bad? And so this is more important. It's not whether or not we're losing. It's whether or not how bad how bad we are losing. It says, instead of asking whether Democrats are going to lose their majority, a question we can all agree on is best answered with a yes. I'd argue that we should be asking whether Democrats can keep things close. If you're thinking that close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, think again. There's a huge difference between losing narrowly and getting blown out, which I think they're going to get blown out of the fucking water. I think, so too. I think they're going to get yeah. destroyed. For the same reason, you'd rather be down a field goal than two touchdowns at halftime. I want to, yeah, I, I see what they're saying there. Yeah. They're basically saying, like, we got to keep it close to keep things close for 2024. Because right. right. if we get blown out, then right. 2024 they, doesn't look so good. They don't want us. the Republicans to come out and be like, look, this is a mandate, right? Yeah. The, the people have spoken, and they're turning their backs on yeah. everything you stand for. It says, for one thing, if Democrats can hold just the Senate, they retain critical levers of power that are currently making a real difference. Consider the fact that Biden has been getting his nominees for federal judges confirmed at a record pace offsetting some of President Trump's massive reshaping of the judiciary. <clears throat> but it's it's one liberal judge for one liberal judge. Yeah, it's not something basically. that people are losing sleep over. Says the Democratic-led Senate has successfully confirmed 369 of 521 nominees for key agency positions so far. And given congressional gridlock, these are people shaping most of what is happening in the government. As just one example, note that Trump administration rolled back 112 environmental rules, 30 of them on emissions. Now Biden agencies are overturning those changes, including critical rules. What does this have to do with winning clothes or yeah, losing clothes? Yeah. Yes, you won, so you're able to change those right. things. Yeah. Says even if Democrats lose the Senate, keeping the margins narrow means having to take out fewer Republican office holders in 2024. That matter matters because incumbents usually start off with about a three-point election advantage. Um, so you can see how they're like basically saying, <clears throat> if we keep it close, it'll be easier to take it back right. in 24. Yeah, I see what they're saying. If we lose a bunch, then it's going to be that much harder to come back in the yeah. second half. Like like I said, if we're down two, three touchdowns, we got that much more uh, ground to make up right. in 2024. And who's to say that's going to happen? Right. Question number two is far better, far more interesting. Can Democrats win enough races to protect American democracy from disaster? Ooh. I mean, it's not about winning or losing. It's about protecting, protecting democracy. democracy as we I, know it. I love it. that excuse. Yes. Yes. I mean, like I said, this is, once again, the vote to end all votes. Yes. Potentially. America is likely facing an existential crisis in 2024. Existential? Existential. Like, wow. threatening our existence as we know it. Do wow. they even know what existential I, means? I'm going to say probably not. <laughs> <laughs> From Big Lie MAGAists planning to subvert elections to reinstate Donald Trump or a near clone. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, like uh, somebody who's exactly like Trump? Yeah, basically. Bill Clinton once said that our priority was to save Social Security first. Today, the mantra has to be, save democracy first. Okay, first of all, Social Security is a freaking nightmare. <laughs> well, they're just saying that's what he No, meant, I know like, that, but the fact that they would use that as an example is mm -hmm. ridiculous to me because... Yeah, I guess okay. I would I would compare democracy to social security. <laughs> yeah, floundering right. down the shitter. 
Can Democrats accomplish this? Yes. Step one is to limit their 2022 loss for the reasons noted above, and also because if they can stay positioned to win back enough seats in 24, it lowers the chances chances that Republicans can pull another Eastman memo maneuver, muck with electoral count, and have the election decided by cronies in the House. Wow, they second, lost me on the first part of that yes. sentence. Second, Democrats must focus on keeping the big lie cabal from winning strategically important offices and legislative majorities in swing states. Closely divided bodies that could flip in 22 include Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. What do you know? The, right. the four big ones from 2020 that we had the most problems yeah. with. Secretaries of State will be at the epicenter of the assault on the elections. The assault. So Democrats must hold offices like Michigan and flip offices in states like Arizona, Georgia, and Nevada. Just to give a sense of the stakes. In Colorado, the Democratic Secretary of State, a person who has received countless death threats, is up against a Republican county clerk facing criminal charges for tampering with voter equipment and who a judge barred from overseeing elections. In Pennsylvania, the Republican nominee for governor is a leading voice in election denial movement and gets to pick the secretary of state. Democrats must win as many of the critical races as possible. And is this doable? Yes. I'm not going to read any more into this, but protection of democracy is obviously more important than winning. Of course. So right. you see why I said, oh, they're, they're, they're seeing the inevitable and they're flipping the script on this. They're no longer saying, oh, everything's great. Vote for us if you want things to continue to be great because people are seeing through the bullshit. Right. And now it's turned back into democracy's at risk here. If right. we don't beat these nasty Republicans, they're going to come back in full force. Yeah. And it's going to be... It's going to be the last one, guys. It's going to be over. There's no longer going to be elections if this right. happens. Um, Justin Lightheart says, is the reason for protecting democracy so the people will agree to some kind of tech measure policy that does so uh, unilaterally and regardless of party affiliation? Huh. That's, That's a, good a good question. question. Justin, you keep asking a lot of good questions that could be a, a full episode of its own. Um. I, I had read an article where they talked about, and I, I don't know if this is something you're going to mention, mm. but they talked about the um, installing the 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 justices or the judges through different districts and different states, especially battleground states, mm -hmm. so that they could redraw um, election lines. This and was also, Obama era, right? Well, this is a, a strategy from um, Eric Holder that they thought that Biden was trying to implement. Okay. Okay. And so, yeah, so redrawing uh, election lines, but also restructuring election laws, again, under the, um, what, under the radar, kind of like they did in 2020, mm -hmm. so that, yes, they would lose 2022, because that's where everybody's focused, but meanwhile, these judges that are installed can change things kind of under the radar, so they'd be set up for 2024. I mean, that, that's probably, I'm sure they have. A playbook, the same oh, way they, they, they yeah. did in 2020. It works so great. Why would they change yeah, it? Yeah, they have this playbook. So if this doesn't succeed, we got this word gamed out. We got this played yeah. out. And the, the end game, obviously, is 2024 election. Absolutely, yes. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, that is the only election anybody gives yeah. two shits about. Even right. though Congress is the ones calling the shots, Congress is the ones that approves the judges. Yeah. Uh, they're the ones that make the laws that, that we hate so much. Right. Um, but... Yeah. Everybody knows that it, um, the whole 
charade is the 2024 is the, the presidential election. So um, that's the one that they are focusing on. Yeah. And they have to portray everything as a threat to democracy. So right. that in 2024, they can still like fall back on that, especially right. especially if Donald Trump. Oh, absolutely. Comes running. And you know, Donald Trump is cocky as fuck. And he's no like, way. He's like, the king has returned. So what do you think of this whole uh, save democracy first? Like, don't worry about the election. We, The main focus is save democracy. Right. And, and, and that that bothers me because as we did our show on the election kind of being saved by, you know, right. back in the day, that's been their mantra. Oh, we're doing this for the good of democracy. <laughs> yeah. We're saving this for, we're saving democracy from and itself. That's the, from <laughs> itself. Yeah, basically. Right. And so it's like we don't want people to vote democracy out. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, how far are they willing to go to save fucking democracy? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we locked people in their houses and we voted for them because, well, we got to let democracy prevail. Fact check. This podcast says if it weren't for fortifying the elections to ensure the right people were elected, democracy would have tied. <laughs> Isn't that so freaking ironic? Makes sense. Yes. Like, like, hey, if we didn't ensure that um, our people made it, uh, not the people that the electors chose, yeah, and then democracy dies. So we got to make sure you right vote people. for the right people. And if you don't, we'll make it look like you voted for the right people. So democracy does not die. So, so back to uh, that article just a bit, how um, in both of those articles basically stated, you know, the, the real problem is uh, we got this insane faction. It's way beyond the realms of, like, the Tea Party. You remember the right. Tea Party? Oh, and, yeah, like, they were crazy. Yeah, way beyond that. What did they call them? Like, uh, uh, I don't remember what they called in that other article they called the oh. Republicans. But um, basically... Outside the realms of sanity, um, those types of people, and if if we don't keep this close, those those people are going to take charge, and we don't yeah. want those people to take charge. Right, right. That I mean, that's that's what we're at as a nation. That's what we're at as like um, as politics is. It's no longer like. Uh, I'm the best person for the job because of oh, this, yeah. this, or this. Yeah. No, it's uh, he's the worst person for the job because he's a Republican. And that's all they got to fucking yeah. say. Or the Republicans are, uh, he's the worst person for the job because he's a Democrat. That I mean, well, but, that's where this has come. Uh, but it goes back to Gavin Newsom's, well, we have to explain to you. We can't explain to you because you wouldn't understand the mm. science. It's you don't understand that this person's not the best for you, right? We have to, we have to put the person in for you because you, you don't know how to pick the right person. So... Uh, we're pretty much more so now than ever in a situation where, like I said in the first half, it doesn't matter who wins. The yeah. other side's going to say that's fraud. The other side's going to say that it's a threat to democracy. Like, democracy ends here. I mean, it started with, it kind of start, started seeing it. Remember back in the Bush-Gore days when, mm-hmm. when the whole election thing with Florida and the hanging chads and yeah. uh, uh, Jeb? Yeah, and, good old Jeb. Yeah, uh, that, that, that was... That's the earliest I remember of like, oh, you know, election fraud or rigged elections and and stuff like that. And then there was Obama, who everybody was like, yeah, he won. Yeah, he he won. But, but (laughs) there goes the fucking country. Right. I mean, even though they know Obama won, there was no, I don't think there's any question. Yeah. Like, who was it that ran against Obama the first? McCain. Was that the first? Yeah, McCain was the first. The Maverick. 
Who is the second tournament? Romney. Okay, Romney. Yeah. So, like the it, two people I could have beat them. <laughs> the, the two people that I actually used as examples as people that had really no chance right. happened yeah. to be running against Obama, yeah. the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Right. But every Republican still. Yeah. I remember back, it's like, well, democracy dies here. You remember, that was Dinesh D'Souza's book, yep. 2016, yep. where it was just like his whole Obama's plan to basically destroy yeah. the country right. before yes. he leaves office or destroy yeah. democracy as we know it. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes, he won, but he's a threat to democracy right. as we know it. And then came Trump. Right. Which was four years of trying to delegitimize elections. Oh, yeah. They talk about delegitimize or election deniers in 2020. Think back to again, 2016 to 2020 was four fucking yeah. years, constantly of election deniers. Yes. Not remember, not my president. Oh yeah, oh you yeah. Remember, uh, well, again, Russia Gate, Russia yeah. hoax, Russia, yeah. um, Russia money, yeah. Russia influencing social media, yeah. Russia influencing voter. Uh, yeah. Voter machines, all of that stuff for yeah. four years. Yeah, and again, we talked about it in their pl in our show that one time about their playbook. They had it written up before he even did mm -hmm. an, his inauguration about how they were going to start with trying to impeach him to try to delegitimize. Delegitimize. Thank you, him. <laughs> <laughs> but then also on the other side, it was the same thing. Remember, leading up to twenty twenty, yeah. Trump straight up said, "If I don't win this election, it was obviously fraud." Yep. Yep. Thro like both sides just throws to question the legitimacy yeah. of the voting system. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if X Y Z wins, then that was fraud. Yeah. Uh, we got to change the election process. If if so and so wins, fraud. We got to yeah. change the election process. We got to. I mean, yeah. it's straight up leading to voter reforms that we don't want. Yeah. Well, and that's what the Democrats have been trying to push on us the last couple years. Yeah. They're they're. They're positioning it as yeah. uh, uh, making this more fair and yeah. more, more and, and even getting inclusive. rid of the, the tr trying to get rid of the filibuster, right? And getting and, rid of the electoral college, yeah, right. And then when when uh, what was it Mansion Ma Mansion out yeah. of uh, West Virginia decided you know he wasn't going to get rid vote to get rid of the filibuster, and then all of a sudden it, he hated democracy. Oh yeah, of course. So it's just like 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 I said, Trump had his rhetoric of if if we don't win. Um, clearly is fraud. What do you think right. uh, the left's rhetoric is in 2022? Oh, same thing, yeah. If we don't win, it was rigged, or yeah. it was uh, these radicalized uh, white supremacist yeah. Republicans. It, it's never, you know, we, di we didn't really do right. a good job this time. But, with, you know, according to that article about, you know, how people questioning the institutions, right, right. they don't trust the institutions— how can you trust the institutions when they are count constantly casting shade on the institutions? Mm -hmm. I mean, how, would you trust the do, do you trust the voting system, mm -hmm. the the institution of democracy voting, knowing that there's all this shit being cast on both sides? Right. Well, yeah. It back back to that article where basically. Uh, the lack of trust, the buildup of lack of trust in the government, is what leads to recession. But then on the same token, they're like, you can't trust the yeah. voter system. You can't trust the voting process. Yeah. Um, yeah. What does that do for democracy? Right, exactly. By making people believe that they can't trust democracy as we know it, like yeah. the voting system, 
What I mean, I feel like that's more of a threat to democracy. Absolutely. I've got this this final article here, and we'll just I want to talk a little bit after it. Um, it says this from again the Washington Post. It says democracy is at stake in the midterms. The media must convey that. <laughs> nice. So you see, they they've gone from you know this is all well and good to we must win yeah. to protect democracy. People must understand this. This person, this journalist, quote unquote, says we journalists have to try harder and find new ways to convey to voters how badly things could turn out. Um, says I was mesmerized this past week by two astonishing videos. This is the dramatic one. Oh, okay. One showed the stunning Kentucky Derby, where the little-known chestnut colt Rich Strike came out of nowhere to blast past the favorites and win the race by less than a length. The other showed an entire North Carolina beach house tumbling into the ocean, yet another indication of Outer Banks shoreline erosion and, more generally, the world's catastrophic climate change. And I couldn't help but see both as metaphors for the precarious state of the democracy in America and the news media's role in helping save the day or in succumbing to disaster. Man, this guy is a buzzkill. I'd hate to go see any movie with him. (laughs) Here's what I mean. Since January 6th of last year, a growing chorus of activists, historians, and political commentators have spoken of democracy on the brink or democracy in peril. What they mean is that thanks to paranoid, delusional, and potentially violent new strain in our nation's politics, Americans may not be able to count on future elections being conducted fairly or the result of fair elections being accepted. Just throwing it all out out the window there. All willy-nilly. With all this paranoia and delusional, how could Americans possibly be able to count on this Fair is elections. coming from a guy who watches a horse race and was like, wow, that's a metaphor for our country. This is straight up paranoid, <laughs> delusional. No shit. Shit. It's like he's doing the same thing that he's like talking about. It's yes. like, I mean, yes. all this question of the elections, all it does is lead us to question elections. <laughs> right. <laughs> do, you, yeah. do, you, yeah. do you like say, repeat the words that you type <laughs> before you type them? Says at least some news organizations are taking heed. The Washington Post, who this heed non-biasedly is in, of course. The Washington Post established a democracy team to expand reporting. A democracy on, team. Team democracy. World police <laughs> to expand reporting on the nationwide battles over voting rules, access to polls, and efforts to create unfounded doubt about the outcome of elections. You are creating unfounded doubt. You just said. Americans may not be able to count on future elections being fairly conducted. Yeah, that's strong words. But now you're talking about efforts, like battling efforts to create unfounded doubts of outcome of elections. At the New York Times, soon-to-be executive director Joe Kahn is talking frankly about the need to investigate efforts to undermine institutions that uphold democracy. If they don't, he told the Columbia Journalism Review, we're not doing our job as a leading news organization. Uh, he goes on to talk about some of these other organizations and their fight. says, The clearest recognition I've heard so far comes last week from a managing editor for CNN. Alex Koppelman is not the editor overseeing the network's political coverage. Instead, he supervises business and media news. But CNN gave him a voice to lay out the harsh reality of what the nation is up against and what we in the media need to do about it. So basically, they said, he doesn't know shit about politics, but he's our voice. 
for politics <laughs> in this, this scenario. That seems about right. Koppelman underscored what we should all be clear about by now, that most of the Republican Party publicly touts the lie that Donald Trump won the 2020 election, but that the vote was rigged and victory stolen from him. The Republican elected officials who won't back Trump are being driven out of office by his faithful. Those true believers think there is no way Trump could lose a presidential election, he wrote, and maybe no Republican nominee could. That makes the outcome of this year's midterm elections extraordinary, extraordinarily consequential. If Republicans take one or both houses of Congress, and if Trump or another Trump-inspired, or Trump clone as we called him, right. uh, Republican runs for president in 24, Koppelman added, there may be no stopping the tide. <sighs> These true believers will see it. See to it that Republican nominee is declared the winner, even if it takes a coup to do so. Let's face it, we saw that very thing attempted on January 6th last year when a violent mob stormed the Capitol and demanded the election results be reversed. Nor is it just about elections to Congress. Secretary of State elections across the country may prove even more consequential because those officials oversee elections, control the machinery, and vastly influence public opinion which their pronouncements about the integrity of the vote. Uh, University of Michigan law professor, professor Barbara McQuaid pointed out in the Times piece that 27 states will choose a secretary of state this fall, and in 17 of those states, including some key electoral ba- battlegrounds, at least one of the Republican candidates denies that President Biden is legitimate president. How do they know that? Because they probably said it. <laughs> So we got uh, these um, secretaries of states of the states yes. that are saying, you yeah, know, uh, Biden shouldn't be president. So they're uh, that's obviously detrimental to democracy, too. Sure. So we can't allow even them to get elected. Right. So they're saying even more consequential <laughs> is these uh, state secretary of states that nobody gives really pays right. two shits to because they're the ones that would send up the electorates right. and the governors <clears throat> would send up electorates. Um, so we got to put the right people in those positions but aren't too. aren't those appointed positions, I believe? Not the Secretary of State. One. No, no th- it is, but that's why the governor races right. are so, so important, important right. because they appoint. Which is mostly Republican. Yes. But do American that. citizens get it? Do they fully recognize that our precious democracy may soon fall into history's sea? If they think about it all, have they resigned themselves to what they consider the inevitable and not recognize that preserving that democracy is every bit as possible, if unlikely, as that Churchill Downs stunner? Wow, I like how he tied it back together. Yeah. It was very clever. My sense is that the news media has to try harder and differently to get this message across to voters who are the only ones who can truly protect democracy. How many times they got to say protect democracy in this article? I'm surprised he's telling us the voters can do that. Yeah, I know. I know. When you look back in 2020, they're like, it's too fragile to leave it to you guys. The voters handle this. How can news organizations do this? Is it just more of the tried and true, good, solid, aggressive reporting? Wow. Well, if we see some, we might let you know that. Yeah, yeah. please. Show us an example of tried and true, good, solid reporting. Like, like truthful, honest reporting. That'd be fantastic. That would be a, yes, that would be nice. Or is it another approach necessary? And if so, what might that be? When I followed up my phone 
uh, followed up by phone with Koppelman, he suggested that the newsroom leaders take time to ask themselves and their teams this basic question. Does our audience understand what the stakes of this election are? Given the press of daily deadlines and the constant flow of news, journalists don't always take that step back to assess the overall impact of their coverage. We have to spend that time now, he told me. Uh, God, this is, goes on and on and on. It says the midterm elections may be the most consequential ones in American history. Wow. They're, Damn, he threw that card out there. They're less than six months away, and many Americans don't understand how high the stakes really are. There's not much time to fix that. <laughs> it's time to act now. <laughs> it will require come-from-behind sprint like the one Rich Strike pulled off. If we fail, we may see American democracy tumble into oblivion like that North Carolina beach house wow. and never to be seen whole again. Can we nominate him for a Pulitzer? Because that is beautiful, right? That is fantastic. Wow. That's the strategy. Again, once again, yeah. uh, democracy is at stake here. Democracy is in peril. And it's again, it's not just a one-sided thing. No. Because Trumpers say that, you know, the, the rigged election is a threat to democracy. They're calling, like, threat to th freedom of speech. Yeah. All this stuff all the time. It's both sides saying, you know, the other side is the, the greatest threat to democracy. Uh, right. What happens when you have a union, quote-unquote, in big, giant quotes, um, where both sides view the other side as the greatest threat to democracy? Like, what happens? Yeah. I, I mean, it comes to blows, I imagine. Yeah, how how do you how do you stay out of like a a civil war type scenario when both sides have been um groomed to see the other yeah. side as not not just like, you know, I agree to disagree. Not just right. uh, you know, your opinion sucks and it's probably going to go badly, well, but yeah. your side is a the greatest threat I mean, to democracy that's ever existed in the world. When you get like two groups of people who are so hell-bent on making sure the elections go smoothly, Right, that they're standing, they're watching, make sure that the ballots are counted properly, that there's no shenanigans. You're going to come into blows. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's unavoidable. Well, that's not enough. You you see their strategy. How just you know, watching elections isn't enough. We oh, got to no, take no, no, these no. other yeah. steps. We got to right. go a step further. Yeah. We got we got to. I don't know. Go on the offensive here. We well, got you know. You, you get them sitting there, and, and it's like, okay, we're going to count. A vote uh, and you count a vote and then be like same time same time let's see it let's see it mm. boom okay all right next wait 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 where'd you put that one where'd you put that one I mean it's just it's ass nine and it's it's gonna get to the point where people are pissed off at each other and it's not gonna be good but even even if they did that eventually one side yeah. is gonna win one yeah. side's gonna lose and the losing side is still gonna see this is the end of democracy as yeah. we know it even right. if it was that. Clear cut where every vote was just like yeah, certified yeah. by hand. Yeah. There'll still be some they, shenanigans. They will still there. be like, democracy's yeah. over. It's, yeah. it's dead just today, like that. How can you have a fucking, uh, the United States of America? Because part of the social contract is trust. Yeah, there is none. There's no exactly. trust. I mean, gone are the days where it's just like, eh, you know, uh, we lost. Better luck next time. Right. You know, yeah, yeah we're going to, uh, four years of bullshit, but. Yeah. We'll come back next time. Absolutely. No, now it's like, well, there's not going to be a next time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got to get out and vote because uh, there will be not a next there, time. There if won't that be side in America wins. anymore. Yeah. No, I know. And, and both sides are guilty of that. Yeah. The media is guilty of it. 
I mean, it, it's just, it's nonstop. Well, the media, you see right here where oh, the yeah. media is trying to convince you that, I mean, they, they flat out said, no longer can we, will the American people trust the election process. Yeah, we're getting washed out to fucking sea. But th- <laughs> these people are basically saying, guys, you can't trust the election process. Yeah. Uh, uh, these pe- Because these people don't believe in the election process, right. you cannot trust the election process. The media is pushing you that direction to not trust the American yeah. process or the, the the election process. Yeah. So what happens when the entire populace, everyone, now is convinced that they cannot have yeah. a legitimate election? Yeah. I mean, how many countries have fallen into freaking civil chaos? Oh. Because if you go to any Wikipedia page that talks about you know civil war here, 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 it's always a uh, delegitimate, un- non-legitimate yeah. election. Things. I like, mean, has Haiti ever had a legitimate election? <laughs> I, there I was mean, like one, I think. Oh, okay. And but then that he probably guy, got yeah, killed. Yeah, got assassinated. Yes. Um, like Ukraine. Right. The whole 2014 yeah. sparked because of non-legitimate elections. Yeah. Every every country we have had any sort of like episode about, it all came down to uh, the, the people did not believe in yeah. legit- that the election was legitimate. And it just sparked my attention. What was that organization that always gets their hands in those countries? Yeah, uh, NED, NED, the National Endowment yep. for Democracy, that always gets their hands in those ones. NED is always involved, and the legitimate elections are always questioned. And yep. then civil war breaks out, and governments are overthrown. And this yeah. kind of looks like where we're headed here. When, yeah. like, how much does NED have in hand right. in the American uh, election yeah. process? I mean, I, I fully believe that they they use the same tactics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you you see it all over the place, and you see it in the freaking media. And I wonder how much do they have their hands in the yeah. in the media well, here? I mean, because you got to save democracy in America too, right? I mean, look at 2020 alone. Still to this day, nearly half of Americans don't view the election as legitimate. Yeah. Whether they're right, whether they're wrong, they don't view it as legitimate. Uh, remember, like, think, like look back at the Obama aid, like we talked about, that blamed distrust on the government. Right. So instead of, uh, you know, working to regain our trust, like yeah. working to make us have more trust, more faith in the election process, instead, what do they do? They they call those people terrorists. Right. They call those people white supremacists or, you know, uh, what I can't even remember the, the terms that uh, they were calling uh, the Trump supporters that weren't. Hang on, let me go back. I got to find it. Because they said they're not the Tea Party guys. They're uh, right. They're the, they're worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mutant gene version of Republican uprising, a yes. full-on crazy-eyed dystopian movement of conspiracists and authoritarians. Yes. So instead of, you know, uh, these people, 48 to 50 percent of the United States does not believe it, that the election was valid. Yeah. Instead of, you know, in the next four years or next two years, we should work to build people's trust back in the democratic process. Yeah. If they were really concerned about the uh, end of democracy as we know it— that's what they would be focusing their attention on is, hey, let's build the trust back in the d- democratic system. Right. But instead, it's just like, <clears throat> no, you guys are fucking terrorists. You yeah. guys are, are crazy mutants and uh, all you care about, you're, you're, you're authoritarians, dystopians. Inbred with Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how does that 
Yeah, reinstill well. the trust well, in the system. Can, can I go batshit crazy for a minute? Yeah, obviously, well, obviously. I mean, what if that—that's the goal, right? I mean, split the fucking country. No, it is the goal. Well, of course, it's not. That's not batshit crazy. That's just. I mean, the goal because you know, if the United States is the country that is is they're running up against with the whole you know what Great Reset or whatever. Yeah. I mean, break the country in two. It's yeah. easier to handle that way. Yeah, I mean. You see, like, the World Economic Forum basically pointing at us and saying, well, they can't get shit done over right. there. They're always fighting with each other. How are they going to fight, right. like, actually get anything done? Well, um, we don't have power to do anything right. globally. And we can't force them because they're fucking guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we got to get rid of those. So there's no, like, trying to bring this back. There's no trying to, like, you know, extend, like, an right. olive branch and say, can we just agree that one side will win and one yeah. side will lose? Yeah. The media won't do it. The yeah. po- politicians won't do it. Now you are the freaking enemy. Yeah. You're not just, you know, the, the other guy that has a yeah. different and, ideology. You are the enemy. And that's the problem. Nobody is trying to bring it back together. Nobody's trying to heal the wounds. No one's trying to say, hey, look, guys, mm-hmm. this country exists because we trust this process. And we have to come back together and trust the American people and trust the process. And, and nobody's saying that. Everybody else is saying, you can't be trusted with it. We need to take it over. And don't trust the system because the system's fucked. So where does that leave you? But you are the system. <laughs> right, exactly. But it, like like I was said, I think, at the beginning of this half, this is more of a threat to democracy than no, Trump absolutely. supporters, than oh, this yeah. election, because the more people that distrust the voting system or the the voting process, less people are going to go vote. Yeah. Because they're like, well, it doesn't work anyway. anyway. We're not going to go vote. The less people that vote means, well, somebody's going to get elected. Right. But now there's not that direct representation of the voters because less people are, you're getting like a hand, small handful of people that are putting people in office right. that don't represent the general population. Yeah. So now there's not the direct representation, which leads then to less trust in the government because it's like, well, that's not my president. That's not my senator. I didn't right. vote for him. And that just leads to less people vote, trusting the voting system. And it's just like spirals downward to the point where. There's nothing left. And, and I, I think, you know, I, I believe in my gut that Trump was not supposed to be elected, right? It mm-hmm. was Hillary's show. She was supposed to get it. He stole it from her. That was totally unexpected by the powers that be. Mm-hmm. And after that, that's when they were like, shit, we got to figure out how to regulate this because we can't let that happen again. Yeah. So they made sure it didn't happen again. And yeah. whether you like Trump or not, um, I don't think... I don't think the election process will ever be the same. I don't think so either. And they don't want it to be the same. And if people eventually get to the point where nobody trusts the election system, which is where we're headed, then, yes, there is going to be more January 6th incidents and worse, like actual insurrections, like actual violence where people are, like, blowing shit up at elections. People are, like, you're you're talking, like, actual terrorists because— when you peg somebody as the enemy, now you're the enemy. So everything you do is against me. Whether it's uh, elections, whether it's making laws, what I mean, this, you you've made that person out to be the other side out to be the enemy. That's why we got this guy camped out of freaking Brett Kavanaugh's house, waiting right. to like freaking stab him and yeah. shoot him with a freaking Glock because you've made 
the right the enemy, or you've yeah. made the left the enemy. Yeah, I mean, it's just what the the only direction it can head is yeah. more violence because we've uh, we've chipped away at the trust, intentionally chipped away at the trust in the election system in the democratic system because in the name of protecting democracy, we got to chip away at the trust in it. Yeah. So people realize, you know, I can't really trust uh, the way it is now. So you do it for you do democracy for us, right? Yeah. Democracy yeah. 2.0, where you do, yeah. the government does democracy for us, and you tell us how you democracy have, should you need, work. You tell us who the best candidate is for us, right? Solutions to this? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's not going to happen because, yeah, unless you can get somebody who can bridge that gap, right? Somebody who who is not appointed by the powers that be who can try to bring people together and speak with some kind of reason it's just not going to happen how so long I, do i'm we, endorsing do the got? rock no i'm just joking oh, god. <laughs> how long do we got oh god how um, many pro- how many cycles because like i said it's just a vicious like yeah. spiral of mistrust leads to less voters leads to yeah. less representation leads to more mistrust leads to more <laughs> or less Tw- voters it just spirals how long before sixteen years? It, you think for, so? What four, four cycles? Four election cycles. Four presidential yeah. election cycles. You think it'll last even that long? What's that put us in? Twenty thirty eight. Yeah, I don't think it lasts that long. I don't think so. I think before twenty thirty, this 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 whole thing, if it keeps heading the way it's headed, it's. I yeah. mean, it doesn't exist by twenty thirty. Right. Yeah, at and, least the well, way it looks now doesn't exist right? by twenty thirty. I mean, isn't that kind of the goal? Twenty thirty. Yeah. Yeah, agenda twenty thirty or whatever they call yeah. it. Yeah, so I mean, the media doesn't care. Yeah. The media wants you to distrust, and, and it would it goes a lot quicker if um, if there's an assassination attempt. Who do you think the next assassination attempt will be? Trump. You think so? I do. Really? Yeah. But that would just make Trump look like a martyr, though. And I don't. Nobody's see... going to think that way, though. I mean, the person who's trying to do that is going to think that, right? They're going to think that they're they're martyring themselves by trying to save the world. Well, yeah, from they're this saving the world evil. from Trump. But look at the Trump supporters. Oh, I know that. Yes, because there will people that, that think he's got going to be the second coming. Coming there out of the will <laughs> inevitably be a bloody, violent civil war oh, immediately yeah. if Trump was assassinated. Yeah. Immediately, overnight, it would just yeah. erupt. I mean, ARs. Out the ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> In the ass. I don't know. Out of the ass. It would be insane. Yeah. God forbid anybody attempt to assassinate Donald Trump because yeah. whether or not, like, again, I don't like the guy. Yeah. But I don't want to see America where Donald Trump gets assassinated because no. that's going to be Yeah, insane. because it, there's people insufferable already that think he's the second coming. Oh, yeah, lots of them. You know? So, Quite yeah, a few if, of them. If he's martyred, holy fuck. That is all the time we have for this week. On that note. On that note. <laughs> holy fuck. Donald Trump better not get yeah, assassinated. 2030, we're done. <laughs> Greatest threat to democracy is leaving it in the hands of these people that say right. everything's the greatest threat to democracy. That's the greatest threat to democracy. Even if, if you even think democracy still exists, right. that is inevitably the greatest threat. Is them chipping away at our trust in this the constitutional system. Right. And so, I mean, right. how do you fix that? 
I don't know. Well, Somebody I, tell me how to fix that. You know, and unfortunately, you know, again, there's people they they want that gone because yeah. that it offers too many protections. Yeah, it gets in the way of the plan. Yeah, right. The government can't do certain things because the constitution's in the way. They yep. got to get rid of it. So yep. what better way to do that? We got to get out of here for this week. We are over our time. Tell us what you think of all this. Um, yeah, this is a dark one. It's yeah. a negative one, but I'm just trying to find a way to flip it. There, there is not none. Happening. I mean, it's going to be a midterm shit show, and it's only going to these like ideologies are going to get more in your face as yeah. we get closer to the oh, midterms yeah. of how you can't trust the Democrats, how you can't trust the Republican, how de- democracy will be over, how once again this is the election to end elections. So so keep your eye out on that because it's going to be fun. But on the plus side, you get to catch Biden on Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> that, that is true. Go back and watch that. We're out of here for this week. Make sure you check us out all over social media. Come back here for the weekend wrap-up, which we do stream live either Saturday or Sunday, depending on when we have available. So check that out. Um, yeah. Otherwise, be back here next Monday. What's next Monday? Either next Monday or Tuesday. One one Monday this month, I got a oh, bump okay. to Tuesday because of ball of games again. Gotcha. So <laughs> I, I'll let you know. But either Monday or Tuesday, mostly ninety eight percent of the time, every Monday night, seven p.m. Central Standard Time. Thank you for everybody who jumped in the comments and helped keep yeah. this thing going fun. because we we love the interaction. Absolutely. We love hearing from you guys. Come back next week and continue to do the same thing. Bring two friends with you when two. you come because that will just be more. That's <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> on, that note, we, on that note, we got to get out of here. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Goodbye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Justin Zelinski, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie Parker, and T.O. Jacobson. A shout out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On The Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes. And as always, never stop talking.